Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 25 on the Sight and Sound list. Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coppola Restoration. A stately and serious film about mobsters vying for power in the wake of Marlon Brando's death. Our second film this week is John Frankenheimer's Richard Stanley's H.G. Wells's The Island of Dr. Moreau, a gonzo maximalist film about beast men with machine guns vying for power in the wake of Marlon Brando's death. Finn. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How you going? Oh, uh, acceptably. I'm uh, out of isolation now. Yeah. I've seen a movie in the movie theater for the first time in like two weeks. What movie was that? The Souvenir Part 2. And that was? Very good. Uh, Let me tell you, Rich Diawadi, incredible in that movie in like three scenes. Yeah, I look, I look forward to it. But it's just a trinket, you know? Nah, I'm trying to... What's a good... <sighs> I haven't seen the Souvenir leg. There's a... Okay. <sighs> Fuck. Um, uh, I'm... Uh, 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 I'm I'm going vegetarian, so I can't eat any pork. So, yeah, because yeah. Joanna Hogg. Um, uh, I hate sequels. No. Yeah, okay, got it. Boom, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Boom. I did a joke. Anyway, so... The Godfather. Yeah. By, as you said, Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's uh, uh, The Godfather, the Coppola restoration, produced by Paramount Pictures, with uh, Robert Evans as the head. And uh, Albert S. Ruddy. Which is just a made-up human, right? <laughs> Albert S. Ruddy is like somewhat like a... God, what were those the evil detectives called? Fucking... Blade Runners? <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, what is good and evil? Exactly. And can we... Co- yeah, what is good and evil when we've created them as well, like we have taught them? That is uh, Ryan Gosling's character in that, named Joseph K. Joe, Joe K, after the trial. And the trial, Joseph K was named after K- Joseph K, Diane Keaton's character in The Godfather. Yeah. Do you think that's a funny bit I should keep going for the whole episode? I don't really think there's much. I'd always assumed that uh, Joseph K was named after the two uh, leads of the Men in Black series, uh, Agent J and Agent K. No, they're named after the Joker. Oh, right. Yeah, that's why Linda Fiorentina... That's surely his greatest trick of all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Linda Fiorentina's character becomes Agent L at the end, which means uh, she's on the team of... Ah, the, the Riddler. No, the yeah, the lizard, the lizard. Uh, not the Riddle. Not all lowercase Riddler. E R. So this is Shine and Sound. It's a film podcast. <laughs> yep. We watch a film from the BFA's top one hundred list, as film said, do. and then allegedly we watch a bad film, uh, or at least a film that was critically derided at the time. Which the Island of Doctor Moreau, open brackets, nineteen ninety six, close brackets, certainly is. Yeah, but we should first start. With yeah, 
the godfather which is like a burning star at the center of film especially american film for a lot of people it's one of the like first films that you watch when you're getting into movies yeah yeah and it well it's also like it's it's the first like long movie that a lot of people watch yeah so it's a first the, like gone 70s with movie. The wind. yeah yeah, yeah. But it is also like, is this maybe the most mainstream film on the list? I mean, Godfather 2 included. But like, 2001 feels a bit more art house. Than I mean, uh, other than the like Hitchcock movies, I'd say, like, Rear Window and North by Northwest are like such straight ahead, like, kind of popcorn y movies. Yeah, but I think, oh, no, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not looking at Rear Window and North by Northwest and saying, yeah, but what does it. What does it mean? What does the train going into the tunnel represent? We can't talk about that two episodes in recording order in a row. I think that's a reference to a joke you'll hear in two episodes time. We're stuck once again in a time slip. Anyway, but like it's the biggest, like it's the yeah. biggest, most popular film in the way that it is kind. It is often like the public's idea of the best film ever yeah it, it's it's like it's the like it's like number two and number three on the imdb top 250 yeah um, it's number four on letterboxd i think it was number one on afi mm. um and i kind of get it yeah right like it is it is a film that is kind of designed to appeal to any anyone in a really weird way does it appeal to you I mean, like, yeah. Like, the key thing to say up front is, like, the thing that helps it all along. Like, I just don't mm. think the conversation about the good bits of The Godfather is particularly interesting. Like, I sure, think, yeah. Because, it, like, we should take it as read that uh, this film is incredible. <laughs> like, it, Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's really good. There's and, lots of uh, parts that I think are, uh, like, interesting and yeah. uh, beautiful to look at and thought-provoking. And, and like, and, and juxtapose ideas. Yeah. But, it is, but, like, yeah, how does it where does it land for you like how does it speak to you this is one that i watched like once close to 10 years ago i think i like got it out from the dvd store like j- yeah. just as i was like really starting to start like checking out older movies yeah that 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 is like a key part of the pilgrimage right yeah, once yeah. you have watched like one faintly art house mainstream film a fight club uh, and a children of men uh uh you know the avengers 1998 in my case and you're like oh what a what a strange films like that and you you get out b movies and then eventually you're like oh everyone's talking about this godfather yeah uh, I should I should check it out, and then you you're like, this is is this three hours of people talking in rooms? Yeah, and I uh, watched it on my laptop while lying in bed. Yeah, and I think I might have watched it after uh, staying awake for twenty four hours, and uh, so I just uh, did not make it through much of it. I think I think I might have woken up to the credits. Okay, but yeah, I I I I remembered like parts of the wedding and so the very the first 20 minutes yeah i i do not know how much of this i was awake for through the first time I, I i think it was very little of it seeing it again there are like there are so many moments which you already know because yeah. of like just how deeply ingrained they are into all culture and like beyond the ones that where there are obvious like uh, uh i i have seen riffs on on sunny beating up carlo at the side of the street including many many 
people directly reproducing the clearly missed punch and yeah. things like that and like and the the shutting door at the end that just ended the third season of succession uh, uh, like lines and iconography is also obvious but also just like how the film works and moves feels referenced in everything yeah. else like the the way how ready coppola is to to cut away from things to juxtapose things and to hide information from the audience uh feels really modern mm. yeah why i ask where you land with the godfather because for me the godfather uh I buy it as a mainstream piece of popular culture. Sure, like yeah. like or the the thing the the things that aligns with for me are like are Gone with the Wind or Psycho, right? As opposed to like the the art house world or like indie world that it is often kind of implicitly aligned with. Like obviously it's a Paramount film, but I don't know. My battle with it is people just keep trying to treat it as deeper than it is you know right yeah and it's not not deep but it's not like it like pozo was a like wrote, wrote pulp novels yeah for like a decade and then was like uh i'll write something that sells <laughs> and, and so he wrote this outline and robert evans who ran paramount at the time of the kid who stays in the picture which is uh, an, an entertaining documentary, I guess. Uh, uh, it, well, it's interesting. It's done entirely through the... God, he makes a long documentaries. Wiseman. No. Ken Burns. Yeah, the Ken Burns. So that's a documentary made up entirely of the Ken Burns account, uh, of the Ken Burns effect. Right. They have taken the audiobook of Robert Evans' uh, 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 autobiography and photos from his incredibly in-depth photo library and just combined them into quite an interesting documentary that sounds pretty good about him he's just a he's just a maniac um but he was head of paramount at the time of the godfather and And then he he hosted behind the bastards (laughs) yeah puzo is just trying to sell he's just trying to make bucks he was never a mafioso but he he grew up around he grew up observing the world sure Uh, yeah uh, um his parents were were working class i believe and like he was around the world but they were never really in it at, at least it seems um because uh people with criminal associations often aren't very open about them wait wait no wait hey 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 you 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 hey you come on but yeah no, this is just a film that is ahead of one of the big studios being like oh there's like a a big drama in this so they they bought the rights to it before it was published yeah Yeah, yeah. the book came out in 1969 nice uh uh, was immediately a a bestseller it was bestseller for like a year it sold Mm. nine million copies in two years which some sources say was the most any piece of published fiction had ever sold okay but like so with the book yeah it was it's it's not like good right it, it is a it's part like it uh like the the films do not depart that far hmm. uh from it the first two the first two which are essentially an adaptation roughly of as you'd expect the first and then second half of of the book yeah um 
like the story yeah the story doesn't divert what diverts is what it's thinking about yeah because what what puzo is thinking about is what is the thrill what is the action what is the twist what is the surprise that is why like all the character arcs are incredibly oppositional like it genuinely this film genuinely starts with michael corleone being like oh my family's in in the mafia i hate that i'll never be in the mafia no 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 i'm in the marines i'm never gonna kill again no 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 i'm out of here hey joseph k my girlfriend i'll never lie to you and then at the end you'll never guess he's the head of that blooming mafioso and he's killed a bunch of people yeah but yeah what what puzo is focused on is the thrills is uh, the sequence i remember the most from reading it is uh, the restaurant you know getting the gun from behind the toilet to to shoot them which is just this you know lurid kind of thriller prose uh, uh uh building up to this this violence in in a way that kind of both glor- luxuriates in it whereas like how coppola makes that scene is that it is just like a, a moment of absolute stress and terror yes. ending with the horror and ugliness of violence right ending with Sterling Hayden getting shot in the throat I mean where would you you don't want to shoot that damn face no wouldn't want to mess up that punum oh man it was just so nice to see I mean it's nice to see everyone uh, in this film yeah like of the many like great strings of the godfather just being able to see this many character actors Mm. just just doing their best shit is is so is so nice because like I'm a like big fan of Sterling Hayden but like he was mostly in bad movies for a very long time yeah. and then uh, went insane and like went to live on a boat <laughs> and drink himself to death. Yeah, he, he Island of Dr. Moreau, oh, I believe. Yes. No, a- absolutely. And and just basically like tried to drown himself every once in a while. And I was oh. like, oh, will it work this time? Oh, no, uh, my son's here to pull me out of the water. God oh, damn it. So he tried to Dr. of Island Moreau. Uh, uh, island of dr moreau but he ended up another rounding yeah. oh, rip but yeah no and, and like seeing yeah john Cazal in one of his five films you know the the great the, who plays fredo and famously was in five films four of which were nominated no, no, for no, best all, picture all, 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 all of all of them yeah godfather godfather 2 dog day afternoon, dog afternoon uh, deer hunter yeah and uh, conversation that's right um uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, lovely it, to see him as a lizard man, Fredo Corleone. Yeah, he, he, he was in five films over six years, and, mm-hmm. and each of them either was nominated for or won Best Picture. That is... That's dumb. Like, that's dumb for him to have that career. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I'm terrified I'm going to look him up and find out he was younger than me. I can't do that. Oh no, I'm gonna do it. No, oh fuck. I mean, here, 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 here's the thing though. Uh, uh, you have a better hairline than him. Barely. Mm. Uh, uh, oh yeah, okay, great. I think he was in his 40s. Thank oh, okay. Fuck, thank fuck. I mean, uh, yeah, if, if he was in his 30s, he looked like absolute shit for his 30s. Yeah, but so do I. Oh man, he 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 looks like my dad wearing fake hair and a fake mustache. And that's right, he was dating Street when he died. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, no. The, uh, it's Sorry, hu- no, I'm just looking at this picture of John Cazale. Which is... Uh, which, d- d- yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, who, and it just, just looks almost exactly like my dad with a fake hair and a fake moustache. But, but the problem is, uh, I also look exactly like my dad, and so I'm going to probably end up looking like John Cazale. Yeah. The, I wonder Just the, with, like, a, a forehead instead of a seven head. One of the... <laughs> One of the great battles of modern masculinity, apart from like being informed that you will like the Godfather, uh, uh, is dealing with people telling you that you look like your father. Yeah, no, I, and where, I, and, I, I got that a bunch yesterday. Yeah, wow, well, well, and you have to be like that. Genuinely, is a very conflicting and complex idea for me, and is not the compliment you think it is. Yeah. It's twenty twenty two. We don't need to talk about patriarchs anymore. <laughs> or compa- We're just trying to be good boys. Just trying to be good. <laughs> just trying to be good boys. Not like not like the people who burned the planet and uh, our tiny hearts. Um, but yeah, no. Kubrick said that this was possibly the best film ever made, and certainly the best cast one. Mm. And it is hard to disagree with that. And it is like there's such a storm around casting. Da, uh, uh, Don Vito Corleone came down to to Brando and Ernest Borgnine. And like, if it's Ernest Borgnine, it's still a fun, good movie. But like, it feels like it's more of the like Mario Puzo pulp movie yeah. than like what Coppola is interested in. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, Orson, like, your guy really wanted it. Yeah, I, I would. I, yeah, like I, I would. I would love to see this with Orson, but I don't. I don't know. If, like it's. It's. It's so not the same film. Well. It- and it is interesting because it's hard to draw the line at why, right? Yeah. And and that because so much like Brando, Adler, you know, Stanislavski, method acting mm. in the moment. The reason he often worked off cue cards was because he wanted to always be fresh, meeting yeah. it for the first time, like it wasn't memorized. And so, like he, the, like on his Wikipedia page, it's like he was the man that brought realism to the screen, which makes you be like, yeah, no, I understand you believe in American supremacy of the <laughs> arts, but anyway, uh, um. But in this performance, this performance is not realistic at all. No. This is, uh, uh, in, in, with all the best will in the world, a cartoon character. Sure, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's a guy. He's a guy with like weird cotton balls in his cheeks to make to make his face look puffy, and, and, and uh, he was in a, in like a guttural monotone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just doing the like craziest voice that no one's ever had. And just like and just like stroking a cat on his lap like a cart- like a like a James Bond villain and how and I cannot see how Wells performing the role would be any different to that like like in in do you know what I mean theoretically sure. obviously and and to be clear that is not this is not that those are not disses in either direction mm-hmm. but it is that like Brando in this role we said as we were watching. It is such an iconic performance, yes. and it's such a parodied performance. Like, and, and I've seen so many good parodies of this performance by Brando, and yet when you see it, this is my second, third, maybe, no, like my fourth or fifth time right, watching yeah. the film, but always with big gaps in between. I last watched it like two years ago, and that's, you know, it was decades in the past. Yeah. Um, but each time you're watching it ready to be like, 
you know the, there's the three minute zoom at the beginning of the guy being like I believe in America but these guys beat up my daughter so let's commit a crime yeah and then after all that build you finally get that reverse shot and you see his weird puffy face and he starts he starts talking in that voice he starts hey you come to me on the day of my daughter's so you don't call me godfather <laughs> like, 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 and, and it's and like it still it still fucking works it, it's like it, it is so it is so out there yeah but like he, he, it pulls you in so effectively and the thing to say about that reverse shot that reverse shot is also like one of the promotional pictures you're ready sure you, yeah you have seen a million times it is him top lip in 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 the tux because it's, it's it's my daughter's wedding day. um but and you're so used to it and you see it and you're like you know it's like when he's at the bottom of the stairs in the exorcist mm. and you're like oh it's the poster and, and like seeing it and you're so ready to be like this is going to be ridiculous but then he starts playing emotion in that character because yeah that whole first scene is this guy being like these guys were beat up my daughter can we get them killed and he has been like you've asked me for all these fucking you asked me for this favor You've never been nice to me. I'm hurt. When did you invite me in for a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah. And the other guy's like, I don't want to get in trouble. But, like, Brando is, like, nigging him uh, uh, into into agreeing, into giving him a favor. Uh, but he's playing it out of the sense of, like, genuine, like, a feat, like, you immediately see he's a person. Yeah. In the way, and, like... The, the reason he feels like the lead of this film and one best actor, but then didn't collect it. Everyone, you, everyone knows this. Yeah. Googled the speech. Uh, I think it was real cool what he did. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and of the two uh, uh, Godfather actors who didn't show up at that Academy Awards, he is the one with a good reason. Al Pacino didn't go because he was offended. He was nominated for supporting. <laughs> Uh, uh, which is Al? It was, it was your it was your third movie. Just you 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 do you're doing great, buddy. Uh, and but and like and that goes along with the assumption that Al Pacino is the lead of this film, uh, which I do not believe is true in a black and white term. Uh, I, I believe this film has three leads, but we'll get to that. Let's keep talking about uh, Bar- Marlon Bundo. Um, it is like the reason he feels like the lead is these moments of like humanity and emotion in this cartoon bulldog mobster. Yeah, and the, the, like his entire career is like defined by these outsized performances of powerful masculinity. Cat on a hot tin roof is doing yeah. the wild one. You know, well, his his breakthrough was um, oh come on, Stella. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah, Streetcar Named Desire. He broke out with Stanley in Streetcar Named Desire, the yeah. guy who literally yells Stella in a wife beater. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and like he 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 always feels like so explosive. He is like such like a, like cage animal. Well, yeah, and, and he feels he, like a weapon. Yeah, I mean here he is he is bringing it down so low. He is making himself like so quiet. Yeah, and it, and everything is like everything is so like small. This bit you're like the like potential for like violence and explosion feels like even greater yeah and we never see it mm. uh, um uh, and it is like the the bits that i think and when we see it break we see him 
<clears throat> pranking around with his grandchild mm. and like just shoving some orange peel. Wonder if that symbolizes anything in his mouth to pretend to be a monster and like squirt him with a yeah. hose. And uh, uh, he, he uh, turns himself into a weird like a uh, hills have eyes, like <laughs> uh, mutant. Yeah, no, he does look like he's wearing a, a Michael Myers style mask yeah. of his own face. Um, but even like, like my favorite bit of this whole film. And the entirety of The Godfather is when he finds out that uh, James Kahn is dead, mm. when he finds out that, that Sonny has been killed, where uh, uh, Duval, Robert Duval tells him, and he just takes this long, there, he has this, he immediately has tears in his eyes, does this incredibly heavy sigh, and looks down, and it is just the sense of like a a statue falling apart yeah. of like this monumental object hitting a wall uh and, and you're so ready like in that moment i always feel primed it's like did i forget the bit where he you, you know he he he, he like he, knocks over a table yeah, and he screams starts, like yeah, it's yeah. a war you know yeah he, he's citizen canes yeah. or connie earlier in the films is um but he just says like I don't want any retaliation for this. I just want it. I just want this fucking over. And and so the fact that when we see him break, it is down rather than out. It is so compelling. And it just feels like as silly as it is, it feels so real and like so true in a way that doesn't like. So he does end up feeling like the film, even though he is in it for like an hour. Yeah. And he is in it for like an hour that's because at the beginning there this okay here is my theory let me propose it to you there are always three main characters in this film uh and usually for most of the time it is the three brothers michael sonny and the third brother tom hagen yeah damn it fuck you yeah tom hagen who is called a brother but 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 isn't isn't the um marlon bundo's co- i can never get it constantly glee consigliere yeah I, I think you're not supposed to pronounce the g it's just conciliary yeah and, and that i want to be clear that is my mouth being dumb rather than being like over in languages you know um, well, it's youth you, you, is a, a fa- famous <laughs> hatred of the Italians. Um, I mean, youth was one who wrote all of all of the uh, 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 all, all of the irritating, unfunny half star reviews of of the Godfather. <laughs> just like, oh, I can't believe this film actually thinks Italians are real. And it's like getting you bit, you fucking hex. And it- okay, no, okay, I'm just gonna say this now. Uh, uh, like later on, I'm gonna read a half star review of the Godfather. What? Yeah, but uh, it took me so long to find one that was fucking usable because yeah. every negative review of The Godfather is just the is is just either people going ugh boring or it's people like doing like ugh and it's not as good as George of the Jungle. It's just fucking like shitty like yeah. letterbox gimmick account garbage. And, and do you want to know how long it took you? Because I have a very precise timing. 
it took you 101 minutes because it took the whole of the island of Dr. Moreau, of you, like, scrolling on your phone yeah. while also watching the island of Dr. Moreau. But like, I buy that, but that's because uh, Letterboxd, is, like all social media platforms, is good when used as media, but bad when used as social. Uh, and so simply log your films, leave a review for your friends, and do not engage beyond that, except for when you're doing the podcast Shite and Sound and you have to look up positive or negative reviews of, of shite or sound films anyway back in the scene so uh, uh yeah the trinity of three brothers uh, uh and how they relate to the business and at the beginning michael is not a part of that at the beginning the the troika is uh Vito, Marlon Bundo, uh, Tom Hagen, uh, Bobby Duval, and and uh, incredibly Italian man James Khan as Sonny Corleone, the thief himself. Yeah, and just oh yeah. man, I love James Khan. I've been watching a lot of James Khan recently, and that dude, he's got he's got so much fucking charisma. As a, a, a surprisingly hairy person, I love that surprisingly <laughs> hairy guy representation in film. Can I say? At this point, where your hair is bordering on shoulder length, at least when tucked back under headphones, and and your beard is at mask den level, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I'm surprisingly hairy, but that's because I'm trying to get on regular shaving, and my hair is short, except for the back where I have a mini mullet, which was absolutely a mistake. I'm working on it. I would never deliberately do that. Mm. We will get back to the structure of The Godfather, the three at the beginning. We can talk about those three performances and then then Coppola. But we do need to start. We need to take a moment. You know how almost the greatest enemy in this film is not any one person, but kind of everyone against themselves. Everyone is their own, is creating their own violence. And it is like all these people just drawing arbitrary limits of what they will or won't do and why. Uh, uh, Because of the system they're in, because this film is about capitalism. Sure. Oh, no, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, that's what friend like the mm. the difference between the book and and the film. Just to get a thesis out, so much later than I should have. It's like, yeah, Puzo wrote a book about thrills, and Coppola saw it and was like, this is about capitalism, and, and that is why the film is tense and sad, and the book is uh, violent and uh, uh, sensational. Um, but you. Why are you always putting obstacles in your own way? I mean, why? What? Okay, why are you sending Fredo to Las Vegas? But Las, well, you because, are learning because I want, jokes. I want to hang out Fredo. with Steve Martin. Oh right, yeah. Oh man, Mo Green in this film, uh, who who uh, appears play, in played like, by Alex Rocco. Uh, 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 no, he's played by Steve Martin, who uh, co-owns. Uh, the casino that they want to buy out all of because yeah. moving to Las Vegas to be legitimate, blah, 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 uh, uh, looks so much like Steve Martin and, in this and, film and, with and, a die and, job. And, 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 and talks like him as well. It is it, it, startling. It is. And it feels like a performance that Steve Martin would give in, yeah. in, in the like late 70s or like early 80s. Is there much serious Martin? 
I mean, there must be some. There's pennies from heaven, which okay, is pretty I, serious. Can I tell you, I was going to take a drink of water, open up a page, write down pennies from yeah, heaven, yeah, and no. when you said no, pennies from heaven, show you, show you that you were going to mention pennies from heaven. I, uh, yeah. but, but, but I've just do, proven to you that I know you like a film. But you could do it before every podcast, and you'd probably you'd probably get it. Yeah, that is... No, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that film a lot. I mean, it, it's a good... Too great, like I ain't okay. I'm not doing it down. It is not to my taste, but it is a film where I absolutely understand why people love it. I yeah. just don't. Um, uh, it's like let's say uh, I don't know, uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla in that way. I understand why people love it, but I just want more of Godzilla's son. Yeah. Uh oh, what's his name? Larry. Yeah. Stephen Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla gave birth to Larry Fine from the Stooges. <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, okay. Which, that's actually basically the, the like first act of, of Shin Godzilla. Is <laughs> the Stooges Godzilla? Uh, uh, yeah. Once again, uh, just a reminder: like every podcast, uh, every episode we've done so far, this podcast is sponsored by Shin Godzilla. Hideakiano's exploration of both how silly he can make Godzilla, how pointless life is, and Fukushima. Uh, it, it has everything you could possibly want for a film. Go- googly eyes, mass destruction, admin. Uh, Japanese actors doing unconvincing American accents. I mean, yeah, but also Americans' accents of other countries are always worse. Um, sure, but like, that, but like that's a thing I want from movies. Is Japanese actors doing bad American accents? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it's that bad. It's the bad. I'm, I'm. Uh, it's great. Um, uh, 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 that that the angel, the thing that plays whenever angels uh, are attacked. You know, doom, 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 doom. Burr, burr. It's called De- decisive battle on the Evangelion soundtrack. But that while people are arranging tables to have a conference in which they're like, we should fight this Godzilla. It's just like, yes, I'll talk to the minister. It's great. Anyway, Shin Godzilla, check mm. it out. It's out on Blu-ray, DVD, and on all your favorite streaming services. Like, Maybe. <laughs> insert name here. It like it feels like it should be some like uh, uh, Netflix has a deal with with Toho for those those three animated Godzilla films, which are pretty good. Uh, uh, Planet of Godzilla, Land of Something, and then a third one, The Planet Eater. It's good. There's a lot of real big Godzillas in there. Yeah. If your issue with most Godzilla films is that they're not big enough, there's some real big Godzillas. Nice. Spoilers that there are multiple Godzillas. I've just ruined the first 90 minutes of the first Fuck. one of those. Yeah, I think this is a film about three brothers uh, uh, who are engaging with their the the near certain death of their father soon in different ways uh and, and we begin with this kind of structure of power because uh hagen is is as we con- the conciliary yeah and there you go thank you finn uh to 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 brando yeah, and he, he's the sort of second in command he, he's well no they're like advisors yeah yeah uh, well, um yeah, he, he 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 is one who who like currently has has the most influence in, in, mm-hmm. over the way the, the family is run? Yeah, and, and uh, Sonny is like the head capo, the, yeah. ca- the capo of the the he 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 he's the he's the like muscle, and, and together they are trying to work out 
how to deal with this whole drug thing. Yeah. They're, they're, these guys are coming in being like, we've got drugs. Have you heard of heroin? Uh, and, and, and some people quite like it. I mean, have you? And ever, it's a good business opportunity. I, I feel it feels so weird for me because so many people like heroin, mm. and I think it's I've dismissed it. Mm. Um, what I think is like I shouldn't judge a book by its cover, and so Finn, I hope you'll join me <laughs> in trying heroin, which I believe is a consequence consequenceless <laughs> yeah. action. There is an American comedian called Dylan Brody whose uh, stuff I used to listen to quite a lot. Who had a story about uh, one time in, in the like eighties, him and a couple of friends uh, smoked some heroin. You know, he was doing it. I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. You know, I went to sleep. He woke up in the morning, and he was like. I know my 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 back kind of hurts. You know, I bet some heroin would help with that. <laughs> and then someone was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Oh, well, yeah. okay, I I see what's going on here." Uh, I mean, also, that is what people use morphine for. You know, so that is and heroin would help, is what I'm saying. Um, I I'm I'm artisanal, so I I just want to go straight to uh, oh, what is it called? It's not ethanol. What is the replacement? Methadone. Methadone, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go straight to methadone, like how I started smoking by chewing nicotine gum, which is a actually true fact about me that makes... <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is like, I want to understand when people are like, you, th- you shouldn't hate yourself. Nice no, shit. <laughs> Uh, there's you have good su- reason. There's such darkness in myself. You don't. You're not trapped in here with me. <laughs> I've seen things. I'm trapped in here with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think my personality is annoying, imagine having that personality. Oh, no, I, I, I have that thought about myself every single day. Yeah, but here's the difference. Your personality is actually annoying. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that even as a joke. There is a thing that happens so often where I'm just like, I am the most annoying person who's ever lived. I, I, I don't get why people ever talk to me. I'm never going to be happy. And then I'll just like, and, and then I'll like move my mouse up on my computer a bit. And like a like top bar will come down and be like, oh, right, it's 4 a.m. And I've been scrolling Twitter for the past three hours. Yeah, no. that, that's, that's why I feel like this. Yeah, maybe I should save this for either my other podcast or the In the Mood for Love episode, which we have not yet recorded, even though you guys at home have heard it, I believe, two weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, we've got all of your rave reviews about it. Apparently, it's our best episode ever. <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for saying that. But I do spend quite a lot of time telling Briar that she absolutely, like, if I was her friend, my advice for her about my our relationship would be that she should leave me. <laughs> Uh, and, and to be clear, not because I want to leave her. It's just her, the best decision for her. You know, I'm just, I'm just weighing her down. So, uh, welcome to Shine Sound. It's a people. Uh, it's a podcast of people like alluding to, like putting a piece of paper and shading over the deep formative issues at the center of their being, but never really going deep into them. Like the characters in The Godfather. <laughs> Maron. Uh, okay, yeah. So that, that, that's that's a uh, uh, that's one of the like great bits of a movie is uh, you, 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 you're like ten minutes in. Yeah, there's already been some Italian stuff. <laughs> I mean, but, a wedding, a giant cake, yeah. uh, literally people singing like la 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 la. Yeah, but but then 
I, 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 like so something bad happens and the guy is like oh Marone and then someone runs up to him like hey Paulie I got some gabagools for you and, and you're like, like holy got, shit and it was, it's no, yeah, no, like, yeah. he like lifts a bunch it's of stuff like, I got some gabagool I, I got, got some prosciutto <laughs> got some cannoli it's, oh, it is it's so great and it's like it's like yeah that's why that's why you know it's important to let Italians tell their own stories <laughs> Well, like, unless they're playing the role of Sonny, you just can't have an Italian in that role. No. Um, or, but, like, so you have, like, Pacino and I think a lot of the public thinks Michael is the protagonist uh, of this sure. film. And, like, he undergoes the clearest arc. He is He's at this wedding being like, as I said, I'm not going to join this mafia. No, no, no. Mm. And then after his dad is shot while buying some fruit, we know he's going to buy some fruit because he starts that scene going, I want to buy some fruit. And then he goes up to the fruit stall and says, I want some fruit. I want some fruit. Uh, It is just, you can tell like either Coppola or Puzo being like, I'll just have some fucking placeholder dog. It's just yeah. some fruit. Yeah. And uh, the uh, great thing about this fruit stand is uh, there are uh, two boxes. Uh, one is uh, just full of oranges and one is full of green capsicum. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> These are two fruits you need, yeah. one of which is a vegetable. Yeah, and like, look, if you're going to have a capsicum, like red, personally. I, I, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm capsicum agnostic, right. but there's something to like the unyielding sharpness of a green <laughs> uh, that really sits with me. But that's also like part of my really liking slightly underripe bananas thing where i'm like i want things that my body will struggle to process so yeah i i i had i had some green capsicum on a pizza a while ago i was like nah this isn't doing it for me yeah but But like i'll 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 love a bit of red capsicum on a pizza oh yeah yeah i think that's great because red capsicum flavorful yeah green capsicum it's like celery (laughs) it's there for the crunch you know um Vito buys some oranges, famously, and then is shot and drops the oranges. Uh, uh, and then Michael sees him in hospital. And that is where he takes uh, 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 Brando's role in kind of the troika of lead. Because yeah. up until that point, it was Brando consulting uh, with with his son, with his two sons, uh, Hagen and, and Sonny. And then Mike comes into it. And he comes into it. When he sees him in hospital, there's a big thing about people realizing that they care for people when they see them in hospital. That's what the speech at the very beginning is about as well. The guy seeing his daughter yeah. in hospital. Um, and, and and so Michael starts to pretend to be a mafiosa. Like he scares people off by getting someone to pretend he has a gun. Yeah. And the pretense becomes more and more real. And because that's so obvious... It kind of hides the fact that really the protagonist for that strength, for that stretch, is Hagen trying to control Sonny as Sonny is desperately trying to go to war. He just keeps being like, let's just fucking kill everyone. I'm James Khan. I'm so made of meat. Yeah. I'm, no, like, I'm e- so e- fucking e- Every single dead. James Khan movie is him going, let's just kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I am. Like, uh, rollerball. I am. Thief. <laughs> Godfather. Man, but he can do it. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm James Khan is one of those guys uh, like Orson Welles. Where like anytime you're on screen, I'm just I'm just comforted by them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like, what does that say yeah. about you? But, yeah. 
just 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 this like terrifying angry shouty man who cannot control the volume of his voice and i was like yeah man i get it well and who was so full of like just such justified anger and like through this he has as much of a he has more subplots than michael does because michael just has the subplot of being like i want revenge whereas sunny is like dealing with fucking carlo well, is, i mean michael also has the subplot of going to going to sicily yeah but that is that that is after the bit of the film yeah, i'm yeah, talking sure. about uh, um and we're yeah we're having to deal with carlo and connie which i which is uh the couple who get married at the beginning connie is is the brother is the sister mm. and, and carlo is play play by Talia Shire, who is Francis Ford Coppola's sister, mm. which is, I think, a weird thing. Like she's great. Yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not complaining about nepotism. What I'm complaining about is being like, hey, sis, I'm working on a project, and there's a real good role for you. It is a woman who is a victim of horrific violence. Yeah, it's both implied, but don't worry, my sister. It's also seen on screen. I want to work out a scene where in one long take, you uh, uh, approach your husband for being unfaithful and you start smashing shit. And he responds by getting out his belt and whipping you on camera. Uh, and, And this is two to four minutes long. And then it ends with him dragging you into a bathroom and they're just being maybe the worst screams in cinema coming out of it. Are you all right with that? person who was raised by the same parents as me it just feels like you should have a distance from someone before asking that of them you know i don't know like who else are you gonna ask name one other actress from the 70s ellen burston meryl streep i mean this is this is 72 a young margaret thatcher Streep, streep wasn't really around in 72 um uh oh uh lucille ball I mean, maybe a bit of a role, but like, should bring a lot of liberty to it. No, I mean, I rewatched Meeting the Ricardos, re- Meet the Ricardos recently. I, I didn't. I will only ever see that film once. Good, do not, good, because I, I was, I was actually worried for a second <laughs> when, when you said you rewatched it. No, no, no. I, I haven't even finished Come On, Come On yet. Um, uh, but sorry, the joke I was getting to the lame setup uh, was no. I I understand that you see Lucille Ball looked a preternaturally youthful, uh, almost computer generatedly so for almost her whole life. It's weird. It's weird. He asked his sister to do that, but yeah, no. Like, but that plot, uh, uh, that subplot of Connie and Carlo, that they're the couple being married at the beginning. Yeah, that is, that's the daughter on my daughter's wedding day. What the fuck was that? That was like Alan Partridge falling down a yeah, well. Yeah, no, that that, <laughs> that 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 wasn't a good impression. It was one of the worst. Um, yeah, you 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 didn't even do the whispering, which is the like main part of it. Yeah, no, I don't. I cannot. I I opened my mouth and I panicked. I didn't have anything. Yeah, no, that. that that's that's what i feel every time uh, i try to do an impression which is why i mostly don't do impressions uh yeah and you don't leave impressions (laughs) (laughs) i genuinely immediately felt terrible (laughs) about that even though you were laughing (laughs) and it wasn't even a laugh of like "Uh i'm storing this up for the murder um but that yeah that is the continuation of like the a plot 
uh, uh, of the film. Mm. And, and Sonny is given the lead of that. And the way that plot resolves is that it turns into a trap to kill him. Yeah. And, and that takes him out of the film. And so, like, I, th- I think the thing, the, the most innovative thing about this film, what I'm saying is, is that it is constantly, like, it gives the sense of jeopardy uh, to all proceedings by being like, yeah, no, we're just constantly going to swap out people. Yeah. And, and Michael's arc through the film, like, it is startling how little content he gets in the first hour. He he gets a couple of bits at the wedding. Yeah, but, which, he, which, he, which he shows up too late. Yeah. And, and it's mainly there to give exposition to Kay and the audience. Mm. And then he has, like, one or two scenes one and then he sees the newspaper that his father was shot and like the my argument being is like obviously Pacino was great in the role uh uh, maybe his like yeah best Pacino not shouting with heat being best Pacino brackets shouting um where does uh, Serpico land in, in, in the shouting, not shouting? Uh, and I'm categorized because I'm yet to see it. Oh, Serpico's great. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I just, there's and, there and, too and, many and, films. Yeah, and, and it's it's like Pacino, like, really experimenting with shouting for the first time. <laughs> and he wears uh, some, of the craziest, some of the craziest outfits I've ever seen. Oh, man. Um, oh, Serpico rules. But, yeah, but both audiences and, like, two and three being about... Michael, yeah. Whereas uh, uh, it, it is like one and two together as a as a uh, as a story, it becomes much more about the family mm. because it we start with Vito and then we move through Michael, yeah. Um, and, and, and and like two has, has like, like two two just has be like two viewpoint characters, just yeah. has like Vito and and Michael, yeah. Yeah. Whereas one gives you. So many people, and like, does go outside the family because you like Luca Brazzi, who is Vito's main enforcers. Yeah, we pr- we see as much of Luca Brazzi before Luca Brazzi is killed, um, uh, and then as then we see of Michael, hmm. and, and so yeah, as much as as I said, Pacino is great, and the reason he is wrong to be like, I'm annoyed that they called me a supporting actor. Is because that is that's the whole gag of the program. Yeah, uh, is that his character arc is going from being one of the kind of B tier supporting characters, and then kind of failing accidentally. You know, it kind of he has to revenge his father. He has to pretend to be a mobster. He does that. He goes away. Then his brother drops out, and then he has no option. And that it is like everyone dies around him. Yeah, it is like Ripley and Alien. It's not a hero. It is the last person left, and how that absolutely fucking ruins someone. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the uh, the uh, last person left other than Fredo. Yeah, and everyone's like, no, not a, not a chance. Well, and Hagen. But yeah. like their move into the the final act of the film is when Michael takes over as sole protagonist, which is rejecting Hagen. Yeah, when Hagen stops being consigli- consigliere, which is like that's how they drop him from the troika, and that is simply because he's not part of the family, because Coppola is being like, yeah. 
business people protect themselves and the people closest to them it doesn't matter how much they say they like you how close they are they will let you get close and then be like "Eh, be our lawyer in las vegas with fucking fredo the lizard hawaiian shirt man you know and and it is like this cold hard reality and how it affects these uh, uh real people who kind of drift in and out I don't believe Brando is the lead either. I think Khan kind of is. I think I think you should should have given it to Khan. Yeah, yeah. But like, also because he dies and Brando is the lead because he's first build and he's the most famous one. And is, he, is is I think why it is. Well, and, and he also has he has the Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love thing of like he is barely in it, but you remember literally every single one of his yeah. scenes. Um, and, and it is the process of watching it like. Watching the Godfather, I mean, it, it, it's 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 the it's the Hopkins and Science of the Lambs thing. Yeah, where, where he he's he's in like half an hour, forty minutes of that movie, but but like but everything he does is the most iconic film acting of all time. Well, and yeah, and he is in he is the t- a topic of discussion, and yeah. like like the Godfather, but it is like the process, like rewatching the Godfather, your emotions are. Um, that fuck. There's much less Brando in this film than I thought. He gets shot so quickly, yeah. And then being like, "Fuck, Michael is in Italy for so long." Uh, yeah, because because uh, Michael kills the guy, kills the guys who set up his dad to be shot, and then fucks off to Italy, where he just well Sicily, Sicily. Well, they they were the same country at that time. Yeah, but but like Sicilians will be mad at you. I think it especially does down because people obviously love Sonny. People, um, uh, he he is mimetic from from death on backwards. Yeah. You know, like there is he is the person in which kind of the biggest model of uh, uh, mafia storytelling going forward is is like Tony Soprano is a take on Sonny. Yeah, and, and he's given a little bit of. Um, He's not uh, Michael. He he is he is he's. Uh, sorry, I just thought yeah, a lot about yeah, yeah. this while watching the no, film. Oh sure, go. Ahead. Uh, uh, but like he no, he's Sunny with a bit of Vito's moral compass, uh, specifically in terms of like. No, this is what we should mention. Godfather, uh, defining point of the 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 cudgel that ruined prestige television for twenty years. It is ultimately about a man who is bad, knows he is bad, and wants better for his kids. Yeah. Because uh, another moment of weakness in Brando is being like, Michael, I'm so sorry you have to take over. I wanted you to go out there and be a congressman so I could control you. Um, yeah, no, it, well, no, because that brings me to, like, Michael, I think, is such an, obviously, is such a fucking iconic character. Yeah. But it is like we haven't really seen him reproduced, you know. Mm. Like, um, well, and, and and in in the in the in the sequel, we we yeah. get a whole lot more Michael. Yeah. I I I I find him a lot less interesting. Mm-hmm. His arc is done at the end of this movie. Yeah, and in the second movie, he's just he's replaying the same arc as this movie, except it takes an extra hour and a half. Yeah, and he's less conflicted. Well, and the stakes are in inter- like the stakes are not his soul; they're the business. Which is just not as interesting, yeah, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And like, it, I don't it, care if the Corleones go legit 
in Las Vegas. Yeah, and and yeah, and like if, if everything that if everything that Godfather Part Two is doing with Michael, yeah, already happened during 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 already happened during 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 the christening massacre. Yeah, like like that, oh, no, as, as I said throughout Godfather Part Two episode, the the Godfather Part Two is Francis Ford Coppola being like, "What a good film I made." Yeah. My favorite bit is is the comparing the christening to a massacre. And now I'm going to make a whole film that is about being like life and death, guys, sacred and profane. I'm yeah. just going to do that for a whole film. And like he does it fucking well, but uh, and he was busy working on other things uh, like everything ever. But I yeah. think and, and like, to, like to talk, talking about how like, oh, you know, this, this is really like kind of like blurring the line between the sacred and profane is like such a like cliche thing to talk about. But yeah. like. But, like, the fucking Godfather does it really well. Well, and it is this, like, absolutely, and it is this, the fact that it is so obsessively focused on, like, the tangible details of lived lives. There is so much cooking in this film. Yeah. There is so much just, like, people just kind of being together and arguing or, or arranging things. It is about sitting in the world. And, like... That, I think, is part of the accusation that this film romanticizes it, except that I both agree. I I think Mario Puzo's Godfather romanticizes it, Mm. and I think Francis Ford Coppola's is like... Uh, these men are scum. Yeah, well, it, it like I, I, I would like kind of agree that it romanticizes it in like the idea of romanticism of the like literary and artistic movement. Those sorts of like outsized emotions and, and the like rejection of like rationality as as like the like prime way to view the world. It does like that. And yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it, like obviously, and we talked a bit about this on on godfather part two but like the legacy of this film is so two-pronged because there are the people who looked at the aesthetics of it and were like shit that's cool let's make gotti yes and then there are uh david chase making the sopranos and, and martin scorsese making you know godfather's on down uh uh Good good fillers on down. Anyway, um, who are like? Well, I mean, also like 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 Mean Mean Streets on down. Oh yeah, no, yeah, like which is like a year after this, right? Yeah, yeah. But like the thing, the thing that sits with me for like 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 Goodfellas and Casino are two that are really clearly in the shadow of the Godfather. Yeah, whereas Mean Streets is like an anti Godfather. Oh, it is like. It like removes the family of a power structure, and it's like no, this, this is about some fucking. This is about like low level dudes on the street, like actually like in the business of it, and like figuring out how to make that work for them when uh, they can't. And, and what what both of what what both Chase and Scorsese saw, and I'm sure there are other examples of this who've taken the lesson, is that this is not the point of this film has nothing to do with aesthetics. The reason this film is effective isn't like, God, what's his name? Gordon Willis. Gordon Willis obviously shot the shit out of this yeah. film. It, it, it is unutterably beautiful in a way that I'm sure felt true at the time and is has not been dulled by age or becoming iconic, you yeah. know? Like, as, as, as used to we are seeing uh, Marlon Brando... 
uh, 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 his face wreathed in shadow and golden light. It is like the only way it could be, mm. you know? And it is just so... Uh, yeah, romantic, right? It's yeah. romantic like uh, like the painting, but it is... But anyone can take that and do things like that or, or do things uh, like the suits, you know? Like a, a, a thing I realised the first time watching this is that so much mafia... Uh, a film aesthetics come from the fact that the first half an hour of The Godfather is set at a wedding, so everyone yeah, is informal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so it is like later for most of this film, Don Vito is dressed in like, like kind of semi-retired social studies teacher yeah. who's going through a divorce kind yeah, of stuff. And like in the big scene where he goes to meet with Salazzo about the like drug deal, the, yeah. the like thing that sets the entire rest of the plot in motion. Yeah, he's wearing a suit, but it's it's like a it's it's like a like tweed suit that like an old man would would wear when he's like going to like a pretty nice dinner with a genuinely hideous tie. There are a lot of genuinely hideous ties in this. Yeah. Um, but but what but yeah, what there is so much more of 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 Sonny wearing a wife beater than 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 there is of Sonny wearing a tux, uh, and, and and like yeah, obviously that is great, and like fucking hooray for that. Uh, uh, Scorsese loves repeating that as well. Yeah. But but the main lesson they took is being like, no no, this is not about anything other than these people. Uh, uh, which is to say, the, these work because you are with a character and you see how such an extreme system as organized crime just fucks you up. Yeah. It is, it is a pressure cooker to reveal character. And, like, that is what happens to Harry Henry Hill in, in Goodfellas. That's what happens to, to De Niro in Casino. It is like it's what happens to De Niro in Once Upon a Time in America. It's what happens to De Niro in The Irishman. Yeah, and well, and like the reason I raise Once Upon a Time in America is that, of course, uh, um, Leone turned down The Godfather to do that, even though he didn't get it made for a while. But anyway, and then when it finally was made, it was like cut down by two hours for American for 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 American exhibition, and everyone was like six and a half to merely four and a half. No, no, it was it was. It was cut down from like four and a bit to like two. Oh, when, that's when, right. When there it was, was released in America. Yeah, yeah. The, the first. You're you're right. Yeah, a, 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 but it a, was also there was also a time when it was eight hours long, yeah. and then he he had to cut it down to five, and all that footage is lost. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like when when Once Upon a Time in America was like first released in, in the UK, uh, f- first released in the US, it had been released in its like full cut yeah. in Europe first, and it was like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, and then it was released because it is. Yes, and then it was released as a two hour version yeah. in, in the US, and everyone was like. Oh, this is shit. Yeah. This like it, it was all in chronological order, and and yeah, and they like almost everything been cut from it, and then uh, I mean they only uh, never got to make another movie. Yeah, and devastating. We got a bunch of goodies anyway. I mean, we, we we got we we got we got six movies out of them. Yeah, and 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 four that bad to one. five of those are good. Yeah. Um, it, it is. Oh no, I, I would say I would say all of all of the six are good. I'm not I'm not including uh, Colossus Pom- of Rhodes. Yeah, Colossus of Rhodes. Uh, so we, we got we got we got seven. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which one is sloth? Colossus of Rhodes. Which one is greed? A few dollars more. Yeah. Uh, which one is wrath? A fistful of dynamite. Yes. 
um, uh, who get, this is not entertaining. No, um, no, it's not, but let's do all of them anyway. <laughs> I've forgotten what I've already said. Uh, last is Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Sitting on... Every time I see stairs, wooden stairs in New York, I remember that, that cupcake sitting there and that child eating <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, uh, oh, what a film. Um... But what all of those things understand is the key lesson of The Godfather, right? Is that uh, the mafia doesn't matter. Uh, The mafia happens to the characters. Sure. Focusing on the mafia is focusing, is like uh, looking at Titanic and not adapting the love story, but adapting the fact that it occurs on a ship. Yeah. And feel a difference between something like Goodfellas and something like Gotti Mm. is the like Goodfellas isn't actually interested in like a made man ceremony what what's interesting is uh a person's life being taken from them and yeah. and their like look of realization on their face as they realize they've been betrayed by their friends whereas you watch god and it's like and now we do the made man ceremony and the guy gets uh oh he pricks the blood on the finger he puts it on the virgin mary and uh on oh, now and now he's one of our brothers and well and, and even when like when the sopranos does scenes like that mm. those are scenes about uh, uh, us watching characters make mistakes, um, which is again a not like so much of the Godfather is people making mistakes, thinking they're doing the right thing, yeah. right? Like the plot is set in motion by by Don Corleone doing the classic mafia thing. We're the mafia. We're good because we say no to drugs. <laughs> And being like, no, I don't, I don't like drugs except for alcohol uh, and women. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, now you see, uh, I don't like drugs. Our business is like women, booze, and oh god, gambling, gambling. Yeah. Uh, uh, none of which are like narcotic drugs. Uh, some of which are less damaging than any of those things, including women who should be segregated at the movies. <laughs> I'm mentioning it so much yeah. that it's going to be a real chore for both you and I to cut out of this. Wasn't that the name of a Pauline Kael's uh, first collection of essays? Uh, I, I was segregated at the movies. Uh, I hope not. No, did she it, it, hate it was... this film? She probably did. Oh, I, I will check. And, and to be clear, uh, I don't... There is no critic I disagree with while respecting more than Pauline Kael. No, ab- like every, every time I disagree with Pauline Kael, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably wrong. Um, yeah, I got one, one of Pauline Kael's books a while ago, mm-hmm. and I was just going through the like, index, finding every movie I like that she wrote about and like reading her reviews, and like she hates almost all of them. Yeah. She wrote this, this like big thing about how like uh, last year at Marion Bad and movies like that like re- re- like represent the death of uh, the like death of film. And I was like, oh, I love last year at Marion Bay, but you're making a pretty good case yeah, here. No, it, or, or like a one, two, three, the Billy Wilder film she thought yeah. was like, like, like she thought was like, just like, uh, like crude, unfunny garbage. And like every line she quotes to like show how unfunny it is. I'm like, that's a great joke. <laughs> um, th- and the key character, I think that demonstrates this, this great lesson and like the 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 reason I'm like it is rude of Al Pacino to be like I am obviously the fucking lead is Robert Duvall as uh, uh, Tom Hagen who is uh, who uh, I think uh, is as much a lead as those right. other two. Anyway, this is the opening of Pauline Cow's review of The Godfather from March 10th, nineteen seventy two. 
If Everview was a great example of how the best popular movies come out of a merger of commerce and art, The Godfather is it. The movie starts from a trash novel that is, that is, gen- that is generally considered gripping and compulsively readable, though maybe because movies m- m- more than satisfy my appetite for trash, I found it unreadable. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, like, that that connection of commerce and art is, I think, a real big thing that we, we should come back to in a second. But, yeah, no, I do, like, Duval is... As much to me, as much the lead of this film as as Brando or Pacino are, yeah, Uh, and he gives such a kind of like this man who is both totally inside and totally outside uh, of the world, uh, a man who is treated as a brother, but because he is not Italian, can never can is at their whims. Yeah, even though we see like so much of the movie through Pacino's eyes, yeah, it really feels like Duvall is is a kind of like audience surrogate. He is the one who like has to try and like make sense of all, of all these people's emotions in, in, in a mm. way that like Sonny or Michael. Or Fredo, like, never really have to, or and are just and, not able to. Yeah, right? and, and like, my, my, I think I think my, my like favorite moment of his is, uh, uh, is 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 when he's like sent out to Hollywood at, at the beginning. Yeah, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to to put a horse in someone's yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. He 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 sent out to Hollywood to to like talk to talk to a movie director and say, hey, like, make sure our boy Johnny's in the movie. Yeah, and uh, a guy. F- Sank Frenatra. Yeah. And, and, and like this this first meeting uh, doesn't go great. Yeah. And it ends with this guy, uh, uh, Waltz, saying, You like, you fucking wop goomba, yeah. like guinea rat. And it's like, and it's like, Hey, I'm not, 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 not Italian. I'm German and Irish. He's like, Ah, oh, you fucking kraut nick. <laughs> I mean, like, this, this, you know, this guy like just insults him and like, and like shoes him off. And, and, and then, and then Robert Duvall's like, I just want to say I really admire your movies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, walks out. That feels like a genuine moment from him. It was like, I do actually like you, and I do want to help you, but like, you gotta, you gotta fucking listen to me because yeah. I work for people who are fucking crazy. Yeah, and I both do and don't agree with them. The the bit of his performance that really sits for me is right at the very end when uh, the they find the rat, the rapid antigen test. And uh, uh, who who kind of has been causing all of this? Mm. Um, who who is one of you know the two capos? Who are those two guys who are in every scene? And yeah. you're like, oh, I forgot that these are basically lead characters. Yeah, it's uh, Salvatore Tessio played yeah. by Abe Vigoda, <laughs> one of one, one, one of the great faces in all of movies. Yeah, it definitely sounds like one of the Zambinis' <laughs> name. Um, and uh, him him and Hagen are kind of talking th- like being like ah oh, you caught me uh what's gonna happen and he's like i know you you know what's gonna happen but he's like eh, for old time's sake tom is there any way you can help me out of this and this is like hagen at the end of a long arc which includes him just desperately trying to stop sunny killing people on yeah. on, on on any side trying to talk people out of uh, revenge and violence and also being rejected by this family and he takes a moment and he's like 
ah, there's nothing I can do. And yeah, like, he, he calls him so- Sally. Yeah, there's nothing I can do, Sally. And, and, and he just like walks off into the house and like and like looks out from the window as Sally is being driven away. Yeah, and it is that moment where like watching it this time, I was like, fuck, he does his arc through this film is not as showy as Michael's, mm. but is as interesting and it does like the anecdote like the reason duval is not in godfather three or godfather comma coda colon the death of michael corleone yeah uh corleone um it's because he was like i want the same amount of money as you're giving pacino and they were like no and like actually that's fair yeah and it is like it's not his fault that the world is not seeing how vital to the success of this film uh uh, he is and like that's the thing that really sat with me this time and that and like i I read up a bunch on on coppola and like that so that colored my viewing this time as well because i've always known like coppola is a dude is like you know a dude who's using he loves wine yep. and uh just getting his kids jobs and his and his grandkids and his and his nieces and nephews mm. i mean without coppola we would not have a mandy yeah uh, uh we wouldn't have lost in translation we wouldn't have um uh ooh, the the work of roman coppola all of which i can just name off the top of my head yep uh Oh. I, I mean, he co-wrote one of the stories in the French Dispatch. Uh, and he co-wrote the one everyone hates. Train one. Uh, no, that's... Sh- oh, was it Was it Anderson, Schwartzman and Roman? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dajeeling Limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why do people hate that film? Is it because it is really quite persistently racist? Yes. Um, but also pretty good jokes some pretty good jokes in it well uh, uh, adrian brody's great ah uh, he's not though he is watch that uh, give me a moment to look up her name but it is i'm very sad that darjeeling limited uh is like one of the very few big screen works uh, of amara karan who who plays the the woman on the train who who seduces i believe owen wilson um who uh, yeah, no, she and like, she's in the night of, she, she's not in nothing, hmm. but like, she is a star and it feels weird that she is not huge. Right. Yeah. Uh, and because of racism, uh, you know, anyway, uh, 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 check out, she's in a good episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the first explicitly Muslim characters uh, in the history of the show, uh, which is saying a lot after they did a whole series, a whole serial set during the Crusades. But anyway, uh, what is your Coppola take? How do you sit with him? I mean, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the film as a whole, apart from it's it's good? It's, I mean, yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, uh, I like it a lot. Everyone knows the plot. Every scene is has a quote and an image in it that you yeah, remember. Like, uh, it'll probably be a long time before I watch Godfather Part Two again. Yeah. But like Godfather, I could see myself sitting down to watch, like, kind of any time. Like yeah. it, it, it is. Yeah, it, it, it is just so. It is. It is so watchable. It is so engaging, despite being three hours long. Yeah, and you just get to see a bunch of the like greatest character actors uh, uh, say uh, uh, say incredibly mem- like memorable lines uh, while being uh, lit better than anyone's ever been lit before. Uh yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that's about it. I, I, I mean, I don't think I've watched enough Coppola to have a really specific yeah. take. Like, I, 
uh, I, uh, I, uh, I love this movie. I love the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I like Godfather Part Two. I think there might be. Oh, oh no! I've seen. I've seen. Uh, uh, right, I've seen. I've seen Apocalypse Now. I've seen The Outsiders as well. Yeah, which uh, has a lot of split director shots. Yeah, uh, I like. I like that. I think there are good performances in oh it. Oh my god, Finn! Watch Blowout, please. You'll lose <laughs> no, your look, mind. I've been, I've been meaning to. I just no. You just. I'm, I'm just bad don't, getting around to things. I just don't think you understand how your how your shit that <laughs> film is. Um, you know, uh, uh, so. I, read up on coppola uh, and and i because i was just and because this is his kind of it is very difficult how you count what his features are for a reason i'll get into but kind of the godfather is his second film sure and it is after like like uh uh uh, dementia 13 yeah which is a film he made uh with corman but there is also made in like a week at one house nine days nine Uh, yeah, no, I, I was just guessing that it was a week. It was yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and it was because they, while they were there, they had uh, a bit, a bit, a bit of film left and the house for nine more days. Yeah. So they, uh, so Corman was like, Frankie, uh, write me an idea for a film. So in one night, he wrote an outline, and they were shooting the next day. Uh, like genuine Corman shit. Yeah. Um. Uh, have you seen that? I have not yeah, seen yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was on movie. It might still be on there. It's watchable for a super low budget Corman mm. horror movie. It is definitely interesting as a piece of of like uh, as a piece of Coppola ephemera. Um. But yeah, like the 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 and absolutely. But is that his first feature? Uh, because he was in charge a lot of like uh, uh, he he made a short at, at between because he studied theatre, then he studied film. Right. Uh, I think between he made like a softcore porn short called The Peeper, nice. which was just like, and he was making it just being like, uh, what do people sell? Porn. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and so that worked, and like Corman brought him brought him on board to edit that footage with some other footage he had uh, uh, into a feature. He did that a couple more times. There, there are cases where he kind of stepped in. And all the time he is working for Corman, he is at UCLA Film School. Right. Uh, and, and so he makes Dementia 13, which is, you know, as much of a film <laughs> as uh, um, a Roger Corman film can be, which is like absolutely... But also, kind of. I mean, not. there's some Corman stuff which is like real movies. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah. like his like Poe adaptations with Vincent Price. I think are all are all like solid. Corman also produced Targets, which is an incredible film, and uh, Slumber Party Massacre, which is great. I mean, pr- pretty good. Yeah, but like in in 1966, his thesis project, which was an, uh, his thesis film, which is You're a Big Boy Now, which is an adaptation of a David Benetis novel, got a theatrical release and nominated for a Golden Globe and an Oscar for acting. Oh, okay. Like he, like the reason he's so good on The Godfather is that he was doing the two good film schools at once, actual film school, and then Corman. Yeah. And then he did The Rain People, then he wrote uh all the bits of pattern people like uh and 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 which were of course all the bits of pattern the director wanted to cut and george scott was like no we are starting this film with me talking to the camera for five minutes in front of an american flag it will become an indelible image of american cinema um and and then like robert evans at, at at paramount was already 
trying to work up this Godfather thing uh, to make money and was approaching uh, every director who's ever lived, it seems, uh, and saying no. And it's like Coppola had already started on his dream, which was Zoetro. He already, having made one or two films within the system, his experience on Patton, he was just like, I just want to be in a position where I can just make films yeah. and then spent the rest of his career get Zo- of, with Zoetrope or himself personally going into a lot of debt and then taking on work to cover that debt, which includes The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, and which is interesting because, like, yeah, he got the job because for a mix of he's Italian and uh, he was the one person who said yes eventually. And also I think Robert Evans thought he could control him. Right. Ron Howard narrator voice. He couldn't. Um, And so he kind of had no skin in this game. I suspect he did not really like the novel. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's what I've heard. Uh, and so he was do- like, he was doing this for the money and kind of unfettered. But also, he is a guy who hates people who are doing it for the money. And he is doing it for the money to make a film about capitalism, uh, which is about people committing crimes for money. And he does that so well while doing that. This is where Sinindaki, New York, it's boxes yeah. within boxes, that he then kind of uh, creates this incredible moment of power where he next year uh, writes, directs, and edits i believe the conversation which wins the palm door after the godfather wins uh best actor best director and best film uh then he goes straight on to the godfather part two but i'm missing something he wrote the great gatsby while they were shooting the conversation and then he was like ah i mean the godfather two which i shot and released in a year and is like five hours long i need a chill I'm just going to go to the jungle and lose my mind for five years and make a film that even if you don't like it, you have to admit is yeah. my magnum opus. I, I'm, I'm going to be on a film set with yeah. Marlon Brando and Dennis Hopper, and I'm going to be crazier than them. <laughs> yeah. I, you don't understand how dark my heart will be. I'm going to be on a film set with 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 the man who created Charlie Sheen, <laughs> and I'll have more cocaine in me, and Morpheus will be there <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, uh, it's a good film. It's later on the list, right? We're going to do it, right? Uh, no. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, it is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The thing that struck me this time about The Godfather is like, what makes The Godfather a great piece of populist entertainment that feels metaphorical and deep, even though it kind of isn't? It's kind of about like, uh, people do bad things when they're pushed to it and money makes people wrong. Mm. And like, that is, it's like how this happened is that it is an intersection of like a, a money crazed monomaniac Mario Puzo selling an idea to a money crazed monomaniac 
uh, Robert Evans, who then recruits Francis Ford Coppola to do it for the money. Francis Ford Coppola, a man who hates people who do things, people who money and people who do things for the money. And so he makes it being like, actually, fuck this whole situation, actually like. Uh, fuck you all. Yeah, and, and I mean, it becomes one of the most successful movies of all time. That people look at and absolutely, like, they don't misunderstand it because people's emotional response to this film is correct. Like, very few people see this film as an entirely heroic narrative. Sure, yeah. They just don't understand why it works, you know? I guess I'm saying it's sound. Yeah. I mean, obvi- like... It obviously is it's like Kane it's like it has the reputation f- for a reason yes no, ab- ab- absolutely and like on a scene to scene basis it just looks cool it looked like the Michael turning up at his dad's hospital bedside seeing no one is around having to find someone else this blimmin florist showing up no he's not florist he's like the local butcher showing up with mm. flowers and, and, like, desperately having to head off these assassins, this moment of, like, Michael turning to the nurse and be like, do you know who my father is? Men are coming to kill him. Is, like, uh, as tense as a Michael Mann action scene, yes. you know? like it, And with just as much Pacino. Uh, I'm glad we agree on on The Godfather being good. And we're, I'm glad that everyone agrees. Yeah. You, me, Dupree. Um I don't think Finn, I know you mentioned earlier having looked up negative reviews and it sounded to me like you couldn't find any. Uh, And and so I'm willing to uh, bet you uh, a full kilogram uh, of my flesh removed from anywhere you can ask for. No, no, no. It has to be done surgically. I still need to be able to live. Um, And... So if you if you it's no I'm just setting the terms if you can find a negative review that is how confident I am uh, hey you uh, you better get ready to lose uh, uh, to lose uh, oh like most of one of your arms oh, okay because I, uh, I found a half star review of uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's The Godfather of uh, the Coppola Restoration okay just to be clear which arm. If I take the left arm, do I also get the Apple Watch? That is my right right arm. arm? Yeah. No. Uh, I think either. Also, that is on that. um, But that's only on that wrist. You say either. Either. So you can take my non-dominant hand. Okay, sweet as deal. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, it uh, it took me about 100 minutes of scrolling through half-star reviews to find one that was even uh, mildly usable. I, I, I will also say... You did a lot of watching the island of Doctor Moreau that, that in there true. as well, and I did. Uh, I also did a lot of uh, stopping to read the uh, ones I, f- I found the most irritating. Yeah, you did that God. a lot. There are there are so many there are so many half star reviews of The Godfather that are just people quoting the entirety of a scene from Family Guy where Peter says that he doesn't like The Godfather. Uh, uh, I didn't know that scene existed uh, before I started reading these reviews. Now I now I know it word for word. What? How does it go? This is a half star review by Letterbox user Daniel Magnan. It goes like this: I really don't like part one or part two. Didn't even bother with part three if it's somehow even worse than these. Best film of all time? My ass. They're very long, very uneventful movies that are a chore to get through. I owed it to cinema to watch it, so I did my sentence. But I didn't enjoy oh, a moment g- of no, it. Uh, can I just... 
fuck off. Like, there is not, like, no art. And taking art in is never a sacrifice. Yeah. And if you're doing it for some abstract concept, you're doing art wrong generally. Uh, correct. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 but I didn't. But I didn't enjoy a moment of it, and I don't see how anyone else did. I I originally I originally gave it a six out of ten out of cowardice because I, because I didn't want to be competitive and yeah. say how I really felt about the movie. It's very elaborately and well put together, yes. But that doesn't change the fact that I struggle to remember any of it. And the best movies should stick with you, shock you, make you feel something. And in these first two movies, seven hours, not once did I feel that. The only good thing about part one is one of the character deaths caught me off guard. The only good thing of part two is the scene where Al Pacino fights with his wife is well performed, and in so is the only entertaining scene in that film. I don't remember a single character name, plotline, anything. It's a lot of talking, which is fine, but if I wanted a classic gangster film, I'd rather watch Goodfellas. If I wanted to watch a lengthy, uneventful wedding scene that's over long, I'd rather pop in The Deer Hunter. If I wanted a classic or reinvented cinema, hell, I'd put on Citizen Kane and watch that for the fifth time. I keep trying to rewatch this, saying to myself, maybe I was in a bad mood, or maybe it'll grow on me if I watch it again, and it'll be different. I mean, that was the, I mean, that was the logic in waiting to watch the sequel for so long, but no. I think it really is just this messy, predictable drama that I'll never get. Cool, like... I don't like my question with letterboxed reviews is becoming more and more like who are they for? Because so often people are clearly performing them yep. for an audience, which is like absolutely fine. But the things they are performing are so absent context or even really justification. They're just being like, this was predictable. Like, you do have to unpack that, mate, you know? Sure, yeah. That it ends up being like, you are performing something that's only for yourself. You are making simulacra that is just for simulucra. That's simulucra, not Cindy Lou Hucra. Would you like to guess this person's top four films? Uh, Yes, sure, okay. Two of them are sequels, which this person evidently thinks are better than uh, The Godfather Part 2. The Empire Strikes Back? Uh, No. Dark Knight? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, But uh, but one of them is... um, Spider-Man 2? No, no, but it is uh, Marvel-related. Okay, X-Men 2, X-Men United. Uh, It's an X-Men? It's not X2. Is it Days of Future Past? It is Days of Future Past. Uh, But really? Yeah. (sighs) It is just, yeah. We I talked we talked about it off mic, but I do think we should just cut the internet for a year, just so we all get to live without it for a bit and really readdress what we share on it. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a sequel which came uh, twenty one years after the original. Uh, okay, so it's not Mary. No, Mary Poppins is like fifty years. Oh God, is it a two? Uh, it's a two, yeah. Okay, same cast-ish? Uh, yes. Oh, all right. How many? 21 years. 21 years. Oh, my God. Uh, Did uh, they make Miami Vice 2 and I didn't notice? Uh, it has the same title as a, a different famous uh, sequel. So The Lost World? No. No. So it's one of two films that are both sequels that both have this exact name. 
Is it in the English language? Uh, yes. It's American? No. British? Yes. Okay. It's live action? Yes. Is it uh, comedy? Oh, uh, Train Spotting 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, T2. Yeah. T- T2 Train Spotting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the- it's, I preferred Porno, which was the original book sequel to train spotting right uh uh but that was never made into a film because you and mcgregor still hadn't forgiven danny boyle for casting leo rather than him in the beach from uh, the lord song yeah the uh, next film uh uh you know you know what this film loves it's dudes in suits that like okay um uh, oh, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, are they mech suits? No. They're like, you know, suits, suit suits, suit, like, they're David Prentice suits. Yeah. Which is to say, uh, an incredible hat and a fur coat. Um, a, oh, uh, American? Yeah. Like, is it like thrillery, actiony? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's cri- it's crime. Crime. Is it, so is it, is it mafia-y? No, oh. I think like some of the some of the people some of the characters are supposed to be like mafia connected, but like that that that's not the main for us. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The final film of the list. It's one of those films that people watch and go, "Oh yeah, I really relate to that character." When they should just go to therapy. And by uh, people, I mean me specifically. Uh, Bridget Jones Diary. No. Uh, Jerry Maguire. No. Elizabeth Town. No. Okay, is it a Cameron Crowe film? No. Okay. Um Oh Garden State. No. Okay. And uh, what are the other Zach Braff films? Uh is it any of those? It, it is uh no, it's not it's not uh, it's not a Zach Braff film. It's not uh, uh it's not the Josh Radnall film Liberal Arts. Okay, what about uh Tyrannus or the Patty Constantine film that starts with an angry man kicking a dog to death? No. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to think of films that you'd relate to. Uh what about a room yeah, for Yeah, no, I, I got the battles a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, a room for Romeo Brass where Patty Constantine plays a dangerous loner who hangs out with children and then scarily yells at them. No, and it's not uh, Child 44, the movie where uh, Patty Constantine pay, uh, plays a uh, plays a uh, Russian uh, uh, child murderer. Ah uh, yeah, so it's Hot Fuzz where he plays a cop. Mm. Um okay. American. Uh Can I tell you I've forgotten no okay you're watching it you're relating to a character in oh it. yeah uh, uh is it in the english language uh yes okay is it in american or british english it is uh, directed by an english person yeah but uh, most of the cast is american ah um okay it's based on a book we have talked about a character from a different book by this author on this episode why would you do that yeah. to me that is a that is i now i have a rubik's cube exploding in my okay uh, so authors who have written uh, more than one character. Also, none also we've mentioned the director already on this episode. Uh, I've, I've, I've mentioned him a bunch. Okay, so it is all... Is it... Is that Conan Doyle? No. No. Okay. Oh, mate. Jesus Christ. Are we talking about one of the characters that's just introduced in Mario Puzo's no. The Sicilian? Okay. Um... Uh, all right okay so this film uh is it kind of funny or kind of sad uh both uh okay how does it feel about the dreams it's which i'm in which it's dying uh 
you know, I, I, I think this movie would say that it is a mad world. Mad world. Mad world. All, all around it, uh, are they familiar faces? Actually, there's one very familiar face, yeah. Okay, there's a very familiar face. Okay, is it from this millennium? Yes. Uh, is it from this decade? No. Uh, okay, so is it from last decade? Yes. Okay, so is it from 2011? <laughs> no. Does it start with the letter AA? <laughs> um, okay. God, so, fucking, okay, uh, yeah. Is there a song in it? Is there a real good song in it, like a musical bit? Uh, maybe, but okay. not, not one that I remember specifically. Let's go about this psychologically. You relate to this lead character rather than getting therapy, which is something you should definitely do. Yeah. But no, what do you react in this film? What What is it in this lead character that you relate to? So there's a guy, right? Yeah. He works in an office. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. It's whatever. not wanted, is it? No. Okay. But, you know, he's, he's kind of a nippishy guy. He doesn't make much of an impression on people. Yeah. But then... Is it Batman Forever? You relate to Edward Nygma, the Riddler? Uh, someone comes along and uh, sort of takes over his life. Uh, someone who is much more uh, charismatic than he is. Uh, he has to uh, self-actualize by uh, confronting and defeating this uh, much more charismatic and uh, noticeable opponent. Is it the film So Nice They Named It Twice? The Double? It is The Double. <gasps> uh, that is a good film. Yeah. Uh, that person's taste is still terrible. <laughs> So, Finn. Yes. Um, I'm working. Do you want to hear, because we also watched The Island of Dr. Moreau. We certainly did. You came up with this pairing. Godfather, Dr. of Island, <laughs> Dr. of Island Mo- Moreau. Yep. Sorry, no. Uh, one more take. Dr. of Island Monroe. <laughs> Brackets, 1996, by Richard Stanley, backspace, 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 John Frankenheimer. Um, I mean, there's the Brando connection. Yeah. As I said in my intro, there are two movies about a man's family struggling to fill a power vacuum in the wake of his death. I I mean, yeah. Also, it's like one of his most praised performances and one where everyone's like, what the fuck was he doing there? But it is like... And there is the real direct connection, which is obvious, like, uh, Brando, who is the person that got the film made with Richard mm. Stanley, because Richard Stanley got him to sign on, and so uh, the the whole film wasn't given to uh, the, the other director they were courting, Roman Polanski. Um, but he, he grew a... Ta- like, he wanted to do it because Kurtz from Apocalypse Now was still in his head and like island of dr moreau is a narrative that joseph conrad has said influenced uh uh uh, heart of darkness which then went on to become apocalypse now that's what i call music um and so he is kind of retreading that ground and you can see kurtz at times in Mm. in in moreau the direct connection comes from a later once Moreau has been more murdered. <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer 
uh, 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 well, Montgomery, uh, as played by Val Kilmer, starts doing an impression of him. Yeah. And the impression he's doing is Don Corleone. Yes, yeah. He's he, not Kurtz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he is do, he's doing the Godfather voice for like the last half of the movie. <laughs> what it, are you f- <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I, I really didn't know what to expect with this movie. Yeah, me. I, 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 I knew, well, like, I knew, I knew it was a train wreck. You know, yeah. Like, I, knew, I knew that Ron Perlman was in it as a weird beast man. Yeah. And, yeah, I knew that Brando was crazy in it, and I knew that, like, this is where the idea of Mini Me came from for the yeah. Austin Powers movies. And that, that it was just an absolute nightmare to shoot. That yes. No one got on. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what I wasn't expecting was uh that kind of slaps yeah but it kind of slaps and like (laughs) vel kilmer shows up and is just like movie starring it all over the place giving this like super weird performance which is which is like so like compulsively watchable well and and like hate which was the year before this this is movie star kill velma you know from the snowman uh uh being like okay I'll take your lead roles or second leads, but also, can I just be a guy who's there? Because yeah. like Montgomery is clearly not is the third lead. Yeah. Essentially, he he is uh, the lead is David Thewlis, uh, who is playing it like a UN negotiator trying to get to East Timor, and they get wrecked along the way. Mm. Anyway, uh, and the second is uh, Fruza Bulk as a Catwoman. And then there, there's Moreau and uh, Montgomery. Montgomery, yeah. Um, uh, the Nuremberg device for, for remembering his name is that uh, after he gets shot, he gets kicked into a fire and Montgomery burns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh man, so there's just so. This film is so cracked to the point where you'll be like, yeah, so okay. So David, we start with David Thewlis narration, mm-hmm. and then you're like, that's right. David Thewlis crooning in my ears is one of the best things I can experience. How many audiobooks has he done? And he's crooning things like, it was truly a battle of life and death. And you're like, yeah, David, I'm ready. Where is he from in England? I'm going to say, oh, uh, Swindemptionshire. Uh, yeah. No, it's like it, it is It is obviously northern. I just yeah. don't know specifically where in the, the north. Oh, Blackpool. Blackpool, but, okay. Yeah. He's got this like very thick northern accent, yeah. which is like very unusual to hear in, in a Hollywood movie. Yeah, and it is like, has he ever changed it? Oh, um, in the Harry Potter movies, he's toning it down quite a bit. And Anomalisa as mm, well. Yeah, but yeah, no, he is so distinctly himself here. Uh, uh, still a couple years fresh of winning a Best Actor at Cannes for Naked, in in what I think is. Uh, you know, for a long time I've said is the best acting performance ever. I haven't rewatched it in a while, but we'll get around to it when we um do, do Killing Me Mike Lee. <laughs> I was gonna go with Ella Mike Lee, my dear Watson. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that many films. Anyway, um and Yeah, and in that series we pair each Mike Lee film with a Sherlock Holmes film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. see, this is the problem. We have too many good ideas. Uh, um 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a problem with us. Is that our brains just work too good. Uh, 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 within this film that is so crazy, being like, okay, so Val Kilmer spends maybe the last half hour of his screen time doing the wrong Marlon Brando impression. This is after, of course, Marlon Brando uh, had a big face down with the giant hyena monster he created who is like, uh, I want the hurting to stop. And you're kind of like, I am on his side. And then he eats Marlon Brando. And like the scene before that, Freezer Bowl, because like, Marlon Brando, please, I'm turning back into a cat. I need the serum. <laughs> and then this, <laughs> the scene before that is like David Thewlis just desperately scrambling through the jungle for a radio we know doesn't work and all the way back and forth it just is so relentlessly odd yeah and like i think a thing that really helps it is that we watch the director's cut and even the director's cut is 100 minutes they've only added four minutes to this like it it just keeps going like it yeah, is pace yeah, yeah it, like like you like you see them doing surgery on an animal monster within like 20 25 minutes yeah yeah I th- like, I, that that's the turn into act one yeah. i think and it's not surgery it is oh, right. like a weird cow pig woman yeah. giving having a c-section to deliver a uh, a horrific baby and of course the surgery is being performed by an ape surgeon <laughs> uh, in a reveal the mask falling off his face which is genuinely one of the reveals at, at the end of a twilight zone episode yeah, and all these costumes and these makeup effects are done by stan winston and the stan winston effects workshop yeah and so they all look incredible this film looks great yeah i was again like from what i heard about it i was expecting it to like look bad i was i, I was being I, I was expecting the, the the like creatures to look like kind of ugly yeah. or cheap or like yeah. or maybe them to be like really like cgi yeah. and have that not hold up well there are a couple oh, of no, yeah no but but, but but it's like two moments well and there, 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 there is like a couple of moments where 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 the like cheetah monster like jumps and they have to cgi yeah. it and there, there and there's one bit where the the, where, the where, tiny where, rats yeah the tiny villain rats and in both of those cases my thought was like have i i have i grown more used to like dated or cheap cg as an aesthetic or were we just really cruel at the time because it's like obviously fake but all of the monsters are in this and it's a slightly different kind of fake that's fine but it doesn't they're not clipping through the walls. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I understand that they're there. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is, like, very clearly people doing, like, the best they could do with the limitations of the time. Well, and the thing that that struck me as well is just the relentless weirdness, how good this film looks. And, well, like, the thing within how good this film looks is even the points of, like, parody. Uh, Marlon Brando at the Razzies was nominated for Worst Haircut. This is a film in which he's bald. Um, no, but- he, he, he's, he's got a everything's got a little bit he's got, but uh, he's got like a, he's got like a euphodine here no i don't I, i'm growing it out i needed a reset that's all i hate it i hate that i look like a member of act i just it does not sit well with me even the supposedly funny images like brando in a hat that's a bin or when you first see him the first you see of brando is a close-up on him covered in sunscreen so white face Mm. glasses on swathed in robes being held aloft like a pope sitting on a four-poster bed in the back of a pickup truck yeah uh, it's, like it, a, it's like a homemade Pope mobile, and, and like I understand how you could find that in isolation, like a bad 
creative choice. Sure. Because it looks hideous. It's yes. a bad. But like, this is what we're building to. This is, we have just spent a film being like, here's fucking monkey C-section cow lady. Then two kids are outside with weird like horse faces. And now you've found a village that's just total planet of the apes shit. There's yeah. an evil fucking Ron Pillman is here being like, we should walk on two legs, not four. Yeah. And, and uh, Ron Pillman has, uh, has uh, uh, just like fully white contacts and, and yeah. uh, goat horns. And he's called the Speaker of the Law yeah, or something. Yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Sayer of the Law. Yeah. He's named after Leo Sayer. <laughs> and like when you've built to that, like the answer is who is fucking responsible for this? Because the whole other thing is that this time Kilmer has been like, oh, wait till you meet the doctor. Oh, he's been working on some experiments. And you're like, who the fuck is this doctor? And then, yeah, you cut to this bizarre brand Brando spectacle. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, obviously it's fucking him. Yeah. Like it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You cut to an actor who has been a professional maniac for 20 years at that point. Yeah. After Brando won Best Actor for Godfather, he never gave another like normal performance again. I, I would count Tango in Paris as a normal right, yeah, performance. Yeah, sure. But yeah, uh, but, 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 also, but that's like the one, and that's like he's working with Bertolucci. And that, yeah, that's also uh, the film in which he yes. uh, on camera sexually assaulted someone. So fuck him. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, but you were saying. But yeah, like like over the seventies, he gets like weirder and weirder until he's doing like Colonel Kurtz. But like, but even earlier than that, in movies like The Missouri Breaks, which is a uh, like a pretty good western yeah. from the seventies with like uh, Harry Dean Stanton and uh, one of the Quades yeah. and people like and Jack Nicholson, he's like got his like super long hair and he's doing an Irish accent and he's like always taking bubble baths <laughs> and uh, he, he's like a legendary gunfighter yeah. who just like goes around being like mildly annoying to people. Yeah, him and Coppola kind of very much had the same arc through the 80s yeah. and 90s which was like I uh, need to make some money yeah. so I'll make something and I'll try and put my spin on it but you know some of them will be cotton clubs and some of them will be uh, jacks you know <laughs> yeah uh, and yet we had like this is such pure Brando right yeah. like insisting he have a little mini me monster yeah like, I'm not super familiar with like the stuff he did after this but like this feels like it's the last like real Brando performance yeah let, let, let me look that up but I I, but I trust you I trust your instincts yeah. there um, this is coming like four years after he did Christopher Columbus for Discovery where he's like fucking phoning it in his Torquemada but, but like here he is he is letting loose in a way he like it feels like he hadn't had a chance to in a while yeah and i think and like so much of that is is fuel for the stories of how badly filming went yeah which it did yes but i think a lot of the uh, uh there are a bunch of stories about uh, a bunch of like great uh, ron perlman stories about like about what a fucking nightmare brando was to work with yeah uh, uh there was the day they couldn't shoot anything because both kilmer and brando refused to leave their trailer first yeah uh it, it, <laughs> yeah no i i, I want to do a quick rundown on the the actual drama but i think yeah. a lot of the fuel for it a lot of the details are actually unfair because he like yeah he had a bunch of character choices he wanted to wear that hat and it's like it's a good hat he yeah. wanted the weird mini person and that's to be clear the weirdness is the makeup applied to the little person yes. people being inherently small is not weird this person also has been made up to look like like a goldfish or something yeah, weird, or, right yeah the yeah his 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 makeup is the like kind of like least like specific to any animal yeah it's, it's just uh what 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 are the um okay 
In in Doctor Who, uh, dur- during the Tenet years, yeah. there's the like really short, red, spiky guys. Well, there's one, Banneke yeah. Falata, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, like, he kind of looks like him, but without the spikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He... Yeah, he definitely looks like he's played by Jimmy V, who who played Banakafalata, and also the Grask and oh, uh, Grask. the oh, uh, the Mox of Balhoon, uh, who uh, anyway, um, yeah, he did a couple of things after this: the score, Free Money, the Brave, um, and, and like, but those are all uh, smaller roles. Yeah, well, this kind of ended his career, and it the. the and that came from like, yeah, him being fed lines uh, on or on cue cards or through his ear. He has his own script uh, uh, supervisor listed in the credits. Yeah. And that is as much as it is very tempting to be like, that is laziness. But like Brando is an actor who whose process is like, I am going to prepare the character as much as possible. I will embody them. They will be in and with me. And then I want the saying the lines to be the first time I do it, to be my first expression. So it just, it, it's not me making a decision. It is the character within me making a decision. Yeah. yeah because like people don't talk and like people don't talk like they've memorized a bunch of dialogue. Well, in like, like talk, talk, like talk, talking is spontaneous. Yeah, which is the re- which is the the realization that realist acting, Adler, Stanislavski. I bring up those two again because Brando yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trained under them, and it is like is working against. Um, and I mean, yeah, no, he was, and there was also like he left the island for a couple of weeks, but that is because, uh, and they didn't know when he'd be back, but that's because his daughter died. Uh, and, reasonable. Yeah, no, uh can't be mad at him for that it, it does seem that it is like the the fractious production was just there being a lot of kind of okay so bruce willis was hired as the lead as who ended up being david thulis yeah and uh, this movie is i would say uh, worse if bruce willis is the lead oh yeah uh but him and demi Moore get divorced so he drops out of the film right he is replaced by val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's like so excited to be in this film. Yeah. Uh, I will take the same money you offered Bruce Willis, but also I want to work 40% of the days Bruce Willis said he'd work. And so Richard Stanley, who at that point uh, uh, was still directing. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and, and who had like not directed a big budget thing before. He, he had done like he he'd done sort of like like low to mid budget yeah, like independent hardware. movies yeah yeah. yeah yeah like hardware and dust devil well yeah and he wouldn't direct a film after this again uh, there are some shorts until color out of space yeah and then we yeah got, and then probably won't direct another film yeah no do you remember those couple of weeks it was like oh color out of space richard stanley's yeah. back yay and yeah, then oh no time. he's a dick fuck him yeah. um it is so yeah val kilmer uh, got the role but wanted less bits so they were like okay we can give you the smaller role and he was like oh yeah great and they're like okay so we need a lead again so who do they hire Canadian TV actor Rob Morrow oh right right yeah. yes uh, that's the person I've heard about yeah. being, being hired he's been in a bunch of stuff he's a, he's a face you'll recognise yeah. if only from Northern Exposure which is one of those things where you're like I have because it was big it was like 90 to 95 and it was big and you're like oh no i do know bits of this from cultural osmosis but 
But anyway, um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Kilmer, just before filming started, uh, got div- uh, found out he was getting divorced by fax, uh, and, and so uh, started becoming incredibly combative with with everyone. Uh, including Stanley, including Brando, uh, uh, and like Thulis's angle on it a lot of the time is just being like, I just, I just stayed out of it. Yeah. I did the work uh, on, but things, there's so much arguing. Uh, there's so much horrible stuff going on. There is a hurricane on the horizon on the second day. Uh, uh, Rob Morrow calls the studio head in tears saying, I'm so sorry, but I cannot be in this film. Can you please get me out of here? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, exactly. Well, they did film it in Australia. Like, they film I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. This is all Queensland. Um, And uh, uh, at one point when Feruza Bolk tried to quit, she got uh, a limo on the company dime to drive her, like, 20 hours to sydney and and then back when she found out you know she'd never work again um but it yeah it sounds like it was a genuinely horrible place to work on the third day of filming richard stanley was fired by fax um and and that seems like it was less like one bad thing happened and more that like Throughout the process, he was unreceptive. He refused to meet with studio people. He yeah. refused to listen to them, which is, uh, I don't know. I can kind of understand it because the opposite is then you get like fucking trank destroying hotel rooms, you know, as much as I believe studios are the end of film. And so Frankenheimer is brought in. There is 10 days in which Frankenheimer is brought in. He and his normal co-writer take a pass on the script and they bring Thulis in. And then it continues to be a nightmare because, uh, yeah, Kilmer and Brando do not get on. Uh, Thulis, uh, everyone is constantly improvising or rewriting the script and uh, everything is a mess and you can see it in the film like there is this this film feels somewhat compromised but that's good because it's a film about a world falling apart you know yeah yeah if you're like one of the people playing one of the monsters in in this movie oh do you want to know who one of the people playing one of the monsters was sure richard stanley he didn't leave australia he had a breakdown went to cairns where he met up two members of the production team and was like can you sneak me into makeup undercover i want to be a dog man extra in the film they fired me off <laughs> and he did it oh and shit I, that is that but like that's the kind like this film was in such bad shape to get john frankenheimer who is like skilled but a workman like director yeah you know like like his, and his, yeah yeah he 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 he's made good movies but he is like and it, like well he 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 has made like some like really good movies like like people people fucking love seconds yeah, love mentoring mm-hmm. candidate yeah but but yeah he 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 is a he's a he's a, he's like absolute journeyman yeah yeah he, literally the French connection too yeah he he is he is a guy you you bring in if you got a problem yeah and, you know he's going to deliver it on time and, and they, they were so desperate to get him he was like can I get a two movie deal and they yeah and that's how we got Ronan right. and oh come on the fucking Affleck one oh uh, uh, uh Randy Games 
Oh, yeah. And that that is how we got uh, Ronin and Reindeer Games, because uh, Richard Stanley wouldn't talk to executives. But, like, that sweaty, building, horrific madness, surrounded by all these, like, Mad Max monster beings, like, a, oh, a constant chases and, like, violence and ectoplasm... Why it works, yeah. you know, like like Coppola taking the money and hate, hating people who take the money kind of makes the Godfather. This film about society dissolving, dissolving, is like the only way they could make it. Is that a crazy thing to say? Yes, in some senses, yes. Yeah. It does seem like the only way anyone could ever make Les Mis is a full blown revolution, you know. Yep, and well, and and that's why Tom Hooper's one uh, wasn't any good, because he 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 doesn't have the revolutionary spirit that's required to make Les Mis. Yeah, all right. Uh, do you know who would direct a really good version of Les Mis? Uh, I would like to. Ooh, let's go with. Uh, uh, yes, you're exactly right. Uh, Toussaint Louverture, the uh, leader of uh, the uh, leader of a Haitian revolution <laughs> right, was, in the 1700s. I was trying to remember Upper Chapong's surname. We're a cephical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we a second film in a row from our perspective, uh, not in release order. Uh, uh, with Tim Weirer Morrison in it, in this he is oh, uh, uh, yes, of course, uh, uh, a wolf guy with a gun. Who there is? He's got dreadlocks. Thing, thing, okay, uh, David Thewlis is great in this. Yeah, uh, he's a, a sweaty weirdo, like he is in every film. Yeah, uh, who does a, just a bunch of really good, like what is going on when he first meets brando's quote-unquote kids he's like look at these people what look at him (laughs) and just doing incredible like what the fuck is him yes uh uh uh, kilmer is insane and having a great time and brando is brandoing it up uh that is that let's just and fruiser bulk is is dealing well a badly dealt is playing well a badly dealt hand the thing we need to talk about is how much of this film is into monster politics (laughs) There are like there are monsters being put on trial. There's they're, like they're, nuances of revolutionary thought. Yeah, they're, 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 they're like double crossing each other, <laughs> and when they all look quite similar, and like the hi- the main bad guy is a, is a, called hyena. He, he's he's called hyena swine. A hyena swine, and like once you see him a little bit, you're like, oh yeah, he looks like a hyena. Yeah, he's one who looks like real life Ron Perlman, but isn't played by Ron Perlman. Uh, very dangerous to and make a joke that good while I'm drinking water near a microphone. But thanks for the warning, I guess. Now it is they all look. I had a lot of difficulty tracking which is which. Yeah. So it does... There are like three or four ones who are distinctive enough that you can tell them apart. And that is Lomai, who is the Cheetah Man, who is played by Mark Dacascos. Yeah. Uh, Just lovely to see him out and about. There is Hyannis One, who's played by some guy who is in like one other movie. Yeah. Uh, there. I think that's a pseudonym. Anyway. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, based on nothing I think that's a pseudonym yeah uh, uh, there is Tim who is some sort of wolf guy yeah and there is Ron Perlman as the sayer of the law and and there's his other kids who who, if you could track them I'm sure have interesting plots yeah but the main thing is is that it is often quite difficult to tell who 
or what to follow with the monsters. Yes. Which makes the fact that they slowly take over the film and this becomes an anarchist parable to them reclaiming the land. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where there's a scene where, where, where like all of the monsters where, uh, there's a scene where all of the monsters are having an orgy in, in, in like an underground concrete cellar uh, while uh, while uh, while Kilmer yeah. is uh, sitting is sitting on a throne and cackling and do and uh, and doing his Brando impression. Weird film yeah but it is like that is the moment where you're like yeah no this is kind of like the the degradation yeah of like uh and this is an adaptation of an hg wells book hg wells time machine fucking um invisible man invisible man shape of things to come the first man on the moon uh, dead office podcast yeah <laughs> uh, uh uh probably eugenics depending on when he's from but like his thing uh, I hope I am remembering this correctly. He was definitely working class. He came up working class. Class is a massive thing in all of his books. Sure, yeah. Like the time machine is about oh, yes, going yeah. into the future where classes become so bad we're literally two different species. Uh, and also, he was like a debate guy. He was nice. never. <laughs> love it uh but he was never just writing a story or like when he was when he was just writing a story it was semi-autobiographical works about growing up in poverty um and, and so he would always be making like philosophical arguments yeah and this uh, like the, 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 this is like filled with, 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 with kind of like john milton like paradise lost kind of yeah. stuff about about like satan and god and freedom yeah. and, and like like kind of what what it means to be a person and like what what is what it is to create life what yeah. license we have to meddle with nature but it's also about when the rich get bored and fuck around and everyone else pays the price yeah. like the 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 biggest joke in the film is that brando was killed oh half an hour from the end maybe 40 minutes uh, yeah it's yeah, past he, halfway yeah he dies with probably like 45 minutes left to go and so he the instigator of all of this the guy who's like i want to put human genes into animals so they turn into beasts who then yeah. i have to put torture chips in their brain to control yeah so 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 so, so that i can like breed out all the imperfections of humanity yeah uh which which he l- describes as violence even though he creates multiple ones that are just like killing machines yeah it is like why make an animate shark one buddy there's not i mean i hope there's a shark one somewhere in the background um but it is this is equally as much as this is like should we play god it is also like uh the upper class will fuck everything up (laughs) die and leave us in the wreckage yeah and yeah, the best and, and, thing we can do is get on a raft at the end while ron perlman waves us goodbye yeah um and like I and I think uh, that's uh, in this film. Oh yeah, uh, I mean like 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 Brando was like very specifically yeah. like playing it upper class. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and and Brando again, yeah, someone who came was working class. Yeah, and and and, and like the and like the fact of casting David Foolis, who comes who 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 has this like who has this accent, which is like yeah. so associated with, with like with, with like working in the mines and stuff. Well, and, and as as someone who had made his career on playing. Uh, uh, um, quote unquote lower class people to the point where like the fact that his later career renaissance is as like Ares god of war and like uh, werewolf ponce teacher and Jesse Plemons weird dad 
I like, yeah, this feels like Ishtar to me. Yeah. And, and, and that if, in, in the stories of troubled production, which, which were troubled, but possibly slightly blown out, blown out of proportion, or at least perspective, led yeah. to people being like, oh, it's horrific. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever made. It's the biggest disaster. Yeah. Brando is just gone at this point. Yeah. Whereas, like, there, there is a bunch of, like, really good body horror. There are, like, these, like, super, like, fun, like, creature effects. There, there are, like, a bunch of really weird performances. Well, and, and unlike... Like an Ishtar, like, there, there are, yeah. like, all those good jokes and songs. It all does not cohere, really, like, especially in Ishtar. Well, like, like I I would say I prefer this to Ishtar, but it's not a, ma- it's not a massive thing. Yeah. But it, it is, and it, the reason is, is that, like, Ishtar is a delicious pile of stuff yeah whereas like the thing that impresses me the most about the island of dr moreau which is a film i want to be clear i think is good rather than great yes um is the fact that for a film with such troubled production it really feels whole and complete yeah. in that like the story they are telling in every scene is always the whole story and admittedly part of that is because it seems like richard stanley did not able was not able at any point to get any usable footage right um but it is like as much as there is a tension in the film you don't watch scenes between kilmer and brando being like oh they couldn't stand each other yeah um it is just you wouldn't know it was a like a massacre of the mind un- until you're told mm. you know so i guess i'm saying it's sound yeah i think it's also sound i like like it is a hundred minutes there is weird shit throughout yeah in a way that you're gonna be like the opening you know he gets locked he gets put in his room and you're gonna be like oh god am i gonna have to deal with some of this like no he immediately breaks out you're two minutes away from seeing uh uh, the 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 monkey face surgeon yeah and and for the last like 40 minutes all of all all of all of the animal all the animal men have uh have machine guns yeah no and they're constantly machine gunning each other for like various reasons Uh, uh imagine if castaway planet of the apes but what no 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 what if planet of the apes mad maxed while casting away yes like it is uh uh, it is always interesting it's always good fun everyone has make interesting choices and like i wish val kilmer wasn't such a dick yeah and i wish marlon brando wasn't such a dick and i wish david thulis didn't have to like improvise and write all his own lines because everything was such a mess and I wish Feruza Bulk wasn't cast as a Catwoman, probably largely because she has Middle Eastern heritage, I believe, because that's that's racism. But like, you're about to see the Batman. I'm gonna fucking watch it yeah. on Thursday. Like, we gotta take we gotta take compromised work. But like, fact that this was Kilmer's follow-up to Heat is, is so yeah. funny to me because like Heat, he is so cold in that, and there are those moments in Heat, like there are those like little moments of warmth and and like charisma. But he, he is such an off-putting character in that. But here, he is so heightened, he is so big, and he is just so he he is like stealing scenes from from Brando and Animal Men in this. Yeah, he he's 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 chewing up the fucking scenery. He's having an amazing time, and it is. And it's a film that wants scenery chewing. Yes. This is this is like kind of Grand Guignol without the lots of blood. Like it mm. is, it's kind of cabaret. It's huge. It's explosive. And like it is silly. Yes. And silly is good. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's so fucking weird. Finn, we keep, we both keep ranked lists of every film we've watched. In my case, also including Force Majeure and excluding Shoah, Neil Breen's five feature film retrospective and another one whose name I can't remember. Yep. Anyway, uh, The Godfather on that list I have placed at number 53, which is above Lawrence of Arabia and beneath Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Where uh, have you got it? Uh, I have The Godfather at uh, number 30, which is above A Man Escaped and below Ugetsu. Yeah. Above A Man Escaped. Oh, you've got you've got Pickpocket further up, right? Uh, no. No. Uh, so better than either... Well, we've got Baz- Balthazar coming. Yeah, we've got Balthazar. Um, <clears throat> Finn. Yes. Are you interested in hearing a positive review of the island of dr moreau yeah. from a social media platform libertoxed uh this is by oh l-t-o-p-o-m-c McF- okay el topo mcfly okay. from el topo mcfly <clears throat> um four and a half stars and a half bunch of five stars but a lot of them were people just being enthusiastic about the film in mm. in ways that like that i didn't hate just not worth reading yeah. anyway uh not worth reading to a wide public that's right people who love this film more if you're listening to this and you have a five-star review of of uh sorry dr island of the monroe um i have read it and judged it wanting anyway Fast, funny, and memorably weird, so it was originally envisioned as a dark, realistic, faithful adaptation with Apocalypse Now overtones, but ended up a pulpy adventure movie that doesn't take itself seriously. I actually think it wouldn't have worked the other way. Brando and Kilmer's competing weirdness is the cherry here. It's a shame they don't tone up more. The Stan Winston effects are dated, which makes me think the film could never really have been taken as scary or deep. I disagree. Yeah. They haven't dated. They still look great. Um, uh, I wish the Beast people were actually shown less and the humans given more silly improv. Mm, not not sure about yeah. not sure about that. Stan Winston uh, knows what he's doing and uh, these monsters look purposefully fake because uh, these aren't... Because uh, the, they don't exist yeah. in nature. No, exactly. It is like every, every time there's a Hulk film, people are like, yeah, the Hulk doesn't look realistic. And it's like, yeah... Because the inverse square law means that any human at that scale would collapse. We can never have that, you know? Yeah, but but we can dream. <laughs> and we can shoot uh, Lutherigno with false perspective. And, you know, that, 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 that's all we've got on this tiny blue speck of a planet, you've... Uh, <gasps> this a pale pl- blue dot. Yeah, I believe that's yeah, Carl Sagan's quote. <laughs> Uh, uh, to to bake an apple pie from scratch, you must first not make me angry. Uh, in the same way, breaking from the heavy tone of the script is a positive. I think the script's breaking from H.G. Wells' central themes is what saves the movie. Wells was a utopian socialist hailing from the Fabian Society. Like Aldous Huxley and Orwell, he was an anti-Marxist who saw a thought authoritarian socialism is the goal and not just a step to communism which seems idealistic and silly to me i mean there's a lot to unpack there but i think they're being reductive on uh, uh huxley orwell 
and Will's behalf, as well as just to nip it in the bud now, Shaw. Apparently, George Bernard Shaw agreed. (laughs) Wells didn't even believe in communism, the withering away of the state. I, like, this is a real, like, I don't, there is, anyway... (laughs) Reading about Wells, he envisioned a one-world state without democracy. Remembering, remember this guy wrote New World Order and predicted humans would turn to savagery and cannibalism without an elite class ruling them. The time machine, indefinitely. Like, the time machine, indefinitely. Yeah. I don't think that's portrayed as a positive in the time machine. Yeah. I, I think he's skeptical of a lot of these things. Um, and <clears throat> so he definitely sided with Dr. Moreau over the Beast Men. No, this was a horror sci-fi story about a man who made monsters and then paid for it. Yeah. Like, he, Moreau is... In what version of the story is Moreau the... Moreau is the monster. Yeah. <laughs> He's not the friends you make along the way. Uh, I believe if you go back and look at the original drafts, uh, Wells' preferred title for this film was The Island of the Very Sympathetic Dr. Moreau. <laughs> uh, my best friend, Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Uh, Wells probably saw the violent Bolsheviks in a similar light. This is, I feel like, doing what you accurately accuse me of doing, which is inventing a reason not to like something for petty political reasons. But I was right about Adkins. The Dr. Moreau book ends with Moreau, Wells' utopian socialist experiment, failing, falling to a revolution by the uneducated, anarchistic, beastly masses. I read the film as breaking from this, condemning Moreau's authoritarianism and seeing the revolutionary nature of man and animal as hopeful. Marxism asks, how does communicate communistic anarchy develop without a necessary stage of authoritarian socialism? To me, this is a very Marxist film. Perhaps the subversive element is one of the few things to survive from Richard Stanley's script. Uh, if so, that's the only part that matters. I just like be, thinking that Wells thinks why would Re- Wells end the novel with the civilization collapsing if he was like, no, this is how it should be. Yeah. It should be Moreau and you are my beasts. Anyway, <clears throat> El Tobo McFly has a, uh, uh, I think, uh, a, a top four that will connect with you. Um, two of them, whoa, sorry, two of them are films we've already discussed at least today uh one is about uh 2021 uh it's uh uh, it was released in um uh, 1961 but it was about last year it's not epistolary but all the talking is done by letters oh it's uh right that's uh la jete no no uh Cedar Hotel. Oh, at least that's right. hotel. Right. Uh, uh, it's uh, last year at Miriam Bath. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's about last year, because it's last year, mm-hmm. about 2021. Anyway, uh, the next one, uh, oh, I don't know what genre it is, but maybe the horror. The horror. It's apocalypse now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the next one is, is, are you telling? <laughs> no, that just contains the title. <laughs> I, I did tweet it. I, I, no, I believe we collectively tweeted, uh, are you telling me an X uh, blank this Y uh, on the topic of this very film. 1974 independent horror film. Uh, uh, are you telling me uh, uh, 
a Texas chainsaw to this massacre? <laughs> Uh, uh, are you telling me a Texas chain saw oh, right. this yes, massacre? Yes. Uh, yep, ding, ding. Uh, what a film. And the next one is a film you don't like uh, and actively avoid. Uh, you make decisions I- in your life where you don't see it uh, the annually. Hol- the, the Holy Mountain. Yeah. yeah. I get, Sorry, I put too much sauce on that. I mean, I, I was going to guess, like, I was going to guess a Yodorowsky anyway because he had El Topo in his name. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Finn yes where can people find you online uh, who gives a shit you can find the show on twitter at shitesoundpod or you can email us at shitesoundpod at gmail.com you can check out our website it's at shiteandsound.com um, I am on various social media platforms youth lives uh, put bit.ly before that to sign up for my newsletter I have two other podcasts the witching hours is an eerie audio anthology and the slow path is a podcast where me and my partner Briar watch Doctor Who until we die. Our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam. You can check him out on Bandcamp. Now owned by Epic Games. Oh, yeah, what we can't. A, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We, yeah, yeah, we no. Can't, can't, can't get into this uh, absolute travesty right now. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, boo, uh, boo. Bad decision. <laughs> I don't like it. I just wish capitalism stopped doing this yes. to us correct any who finn yes what are we watching next week next week we are watching jean-luc goddard's contempt with guest harry thompson cook uh, and i'm gonna finally force uh, you Finn, harry to watch a movie i've been telling him to watch for like three years now orson wells the other side of the wind okay yep. listeners we know you're out there uh, uh if you like the show why not tell your friends? We're in acquired taste. It'd be great if more people could acquire it. Subscribe, follow, leave a review, and remember to tweet or post with this week's hashtag. What is it, fam? Hashtag, I am very sympathetic to the actions of Dr. Moreau. Uh, or uh, hashtag, the, the island of Dr. More violence in the Godfather, please. Um, uh, or... Uh, uh, Marlin brand orgasm mm. yeah or um, okay uh, Francis Ford uh, Co- Coppola uh, that's, that's just his name yeah. okay. uh, you- uh, hashtag uh, Ma- uh, Marlon Brando brand Marlon uh, <laughs> and- which is his fish company yeah yeah yeah, yeah and uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the seventh person to tweet with uh, uh to tweet with a hashtag Marlon Brando brand Marlon will get a can of delicious Marlon Brando brand Marlon. Yeah, uh, uh, it doesn't go pink in the can. No, uh, it, it is all from uh, several decades ago because uh, he caught them all by hand before he died. Yeah, and they all are, let's be clear, Marlon the Patriarch from Finding Nemo. <laughs> They're all him. Yep. He's dead. <laughs> He, he was a much bigger fish than, uh, than, 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 than people assumed. No, there were several of him, and now they, they're all ghosts. Oh, right. It's like, it's like the Avengers of Milo and Otis, where they used, like, a seven different of each cat and dog. Well, uh, the trouble with Milo and... Because they kept murdering them. <laughs> the trouble with Milo and Otis is that Milo kept dissolving in hot milk. Any... <laughs> yeah, it's what Milo does. Um, anyway, what else do we say... Is that everything? That's a a great joke on the New Zealanders. (laughs) I I think Australians as well. Um, Well, I mean, like, 
Australians, like the good Australians. It's like how Austin, it's like how Austin is kind of not in Texas. I feel like uh, there are quite a few cities who aren't really in Australia. They're really kind of more New Zealand, you know. Uh, and I know they think it the other way, but uh, they're wrong. I just think that you shouldn't be like, hey, and Tamaki Makoro. Do you know who you should be run by? Scomo. <laughs> they rhyme. Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them. the most boring things a human can do and i include like i don't know literally stand in a empty room staring at the wall while listening to white noise (laughs) now that actually sounds quite peaceful yeah uh that sounds like one of those isolation tanks There's so much out there. There's so much we can do. And now I'm like, look at all those people who could hurt me. <laughs> and so I'm I'm in a chrysalis now, which I only get out of to watch ten <laughs> And like Batman. I'm um, um, hopefully that's good, right? Yeah. If not, at least I'll be in air conditioning for three hours, you know? You get a chance to eat some popped corns? Eh, yeah. I've taken to secreting alcoholic drinks and water bottles into films, which is... Classic stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the one way I'd improve Petite Maman best film of last year is, for the first time you see it, have a 75 milliliter uh, a bottle of gin and juice. Oh, it was a good time. You liked it. You 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 like drinking gin and watching uh, uh, Celine Sharma films. I mean, 
I kind of just feel like I don't need the gin. <laughs> the movie's already very good. No, but you you were, you were saying before, Lovey, uh, uh, my life is a courgette. Only really works if you're necking stylings throughout. It's a drinking game whenever uh, there's a moment of stop motion animation. <laughs>